special sanctioned edition. You'll hear about a bootleg version perhaps later in the show. I'm R.J. Bell. To my left, Steve Fezzik in a new seat. I think you feel comfortable in that seat. Yeah, I like it. I know, because you got that mic. You like the mic, the big mic. To my right, the interloper, A.J. Hoffman. I'm R.J. Bell. Now, I'm joking, but these guys did a heck of a job. We did that extended pod for just the Thursday games. If you haven't heard this, though, what we did was we did the best bets for the week on that early pod. All right, if you're listening to this one, it means that one's already out and it's, you know, there. But we did the best bets before the pod so or the Thursday discussion. So you probably got them, maybe you didn't. We're going to put them at the end of this show, which literally will be a tape of that. In between, we're going to do some fun stuff. So if you don't have the best bets, just keep listening. You'll hear them at the end. If you've heard them already, once we get to that point, it'll be clear. You can jump off or you can hear it again. You might have missed something I was eating or something. Right? <laughs> Don't want to miss that. All right. Now, Fez and AJ did a discussion on the Sunday games before when I was occupied. I don't know how good it is. I can't lie. Steve, how would you assess it? Exceptional. So what, what adjective would you use when I'm involved? Exceptional. Continue. <laughs> no change. Continue. No change. Consistency. You're worth zero points to the line is what he's Damn, saying. Damn. I can take more days off. It sounds That's like. the mark of a great head coach that, you know what, when he's not there, the assistant coaches can still call the game because he's got them trained. You know, I have no doubt about – I always enjoy – I get, I, you know, that's an interesting point. When I hear you guys do something I'm not involved in and you're doing this Fezzik Focus deal – um, and when's that come out? Uh, it Typically. normally comes out right before the dream preview comes out. This week there wasn't one though. Because you're recording like a couple hours before putting it. Okay, yep. uh, good stuff. It's a deeper dive, you know. And I I hear good things about it. And I've listened to some of it. When I when it pops up in my player, I'm always proud that you guys are producing good stuff. But let's not act like there's no change. It gets worse sometimes when I'm hearing better sometimes. <laughs> All right, so AJ, you are a wild card. <laughs> I've heard that. We're going to talk about your two main games first, and then you guys talk about them later. So it's really me counterpunching. Okay. So give me your – we're going now instead – because we had three only three picks this week because of the limited number of games after Thursday. So we went with top, middle, and bottom. Bottom, that's a whole other thing. But your middle pick. The Minnesota Vikings plus three at the 49ers. Okay. And, Steve, what was your 20 seconds? I mean, like, do you agree or disagree, or what's your thoughts? I think basic strategy would be I could only look to Minnesota because San Francisco has the home-road dichotomy, the rare home-road dichotomy. They're not to be trusted at all at home, and they're just, for whatever reason, so Is that sample size? Small sample size, but but because I do. Because how can you be worse at home unless the crowd's booing you or something? Well, because you get docked two points for home. For oh, so home relatively, field. yeah. But they're but if you look at the point margin, they're losing at home. It's not like they're you know only two points different. <laughs> right, so, right. They're actually. I mean, you can't have a home field disadvantage. But we did talk about you know when they moved out to the suburbs and Santa Clara and that stadium and the wine and cheese crowd, just not having any kind of. Um, but that's minimizing the intrinsic priorly intrinsic edge that's yeah. not playing worse that's right yeah I, could, I can't explain why they play worse i saw a picture on twitter of the falcons home stadium right before that thursday game against the pats and it was like empty and they said could this motivate you to play so imagine you had a birthday and everyone in your family was gone for business and it was legit you would hate that you were alone on your birthday 
But you wouldn't be demoralized. You'd be like, hey, we're all working. I wish you were. But imagine if they chose not to come. <laughs> now, that would be demoralizing, right? So to some degree, being on the road, you don't expect a crowd behind you. But if you're at home and you expect one and it's not there, that might be demoralizing. Sure, sure. Which brings up the Chargers, where now the other fans are there and it has to demoralize you. Mm -hmm. Mackenzie, do you have any sense of why Cousin Kyle doesn't do well at home? I don't. I mean, I know why he does well on the road or the you know, party you line, well. uh, which is, you know, the attention to detail, which is something that him and the LaFleur and McVeigh have pride themselves is on. Well, you know what I think, Steve? Maybe they're checking their mail and st like worrying about the mail and stuff. Like, you know, when they come home from a long road trip, maybe just is, they got more making, mail. Making fun of my, <laughs> my, 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 my angle with the NBA teams and the MLB teams. But still, from I actually agreed with you on the NBA. I don't want right. to. Right. When, when it's one day, it's a little different than one week. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right. Huh. Maybe. But what worries me is if it's a fluke, if it's just random, then we shouldn't be thinking about it at all. You know what I want to do? Let's, I'm going to look into Shanahan. Mackenzie, do this when you're on your weekend traveling. Look at Shanahan as coordinator, the home road splits. We'll do. We don't want Cousins, though, right, in the, in the late start time necessarily? No, we want to put it all together because he's only a coordinator, right, in these. But I'm just saying, if, or really, I'm even more interested in the offensive points per game in those games versus the season average because he's going to affect that as OC, right? Okay, okay so moving on. It feels like the price is in there already. It's like San Fran was getting a juicy price against the Rams. We had it. Now they win, and everyone's saying, now, you know the team you got to worry about, San Fran. Because doesn't it – like, what was the look ahead in this game? Look ahead was two and a half. All right, so – and now it's three. Now it's Isn't three. that the whole story? Yeah. I mean, have it, is, do we really think San Fran's better by a margin greater than 20 cents, which is effectively two and a half to three? When the Vikings just came off probably their biggest win of the year, so the the Vikings win was largely well. San Fran's was biggest win of the year too. Sure, but San, San Fran clearly exceeded expectations. I'd argue the Vikings met expectations against Green Bay. Yeah, well, especially if you take the Aaron Schatz thing into account. Sure. You say this was a, right. but when we think about how good a team or how a team responds to a result, I think the novices get confused, and I think we sometimes aren't clear about it. How much of it is a reevaluation? of how good the team is. So let's say San Francisco, how much did you reevaluate them as a team off the Rams? Let me see. And then would that, would that be entirely just... A point. So you said no, they're better than I thought. No, off of Jacksonville. The Jacksonville oh. win. I bumped them a point. Okay. Oh, because the Rams were too weak. Okay. Yeah. Re well, okay, that's interesting. Because in your head you're thinking it's a flat spot. Yeah. and I mean, Jacksonville is, has shown the ability to cope with really good teams, certainly not against San Francisco. I just wonder, like, is that even right? Meaning, if you're thinking about the spot and then you look at the performance and say, boy, that was good, isn't that just their ability to overcome that negative of that spot more than how good they – like, we, we, I just think there has to be a way we can abstract out moving – you know, next year, moving – how do we abstract out how good the team is from all the other factors? Because it feels like all these other factors are a big chunk of each week, which makes handicapping so interesting – but how good are they? Yeah, my, and my default is when a team has a really dominant performance, I tend to bump them a points. That's what's worked in my ratings historically. And, you're, and listen, we have fun with it, but your ratings, when I have been doing mine, yours have been 
as tight to the market as any, like, you know, if we look at The Athletic, my, not Mike Sando, and other things, it's like your numbers were shocking. I mean, I would say shockingly as in you're one person that's not using computers, and you know, not using, like, an algorithm that's as accurate as any of the algorithms. I mean, again, two-time Super Contest champion for a reason, but some people say that was all luck, too. We, I mean... Those people should back. I only picked sixty-six those people, those percent people back should, to back years. Those people all. should back. Now, see, then you sounded defensive. You should <laughs> let me be the one saying it. You know, he only picked sixty-six percent two straight years. Now, was that back when there was a jumbo bonus for sixty-seven? Yes. And you missed it both years. I got it one year, missed it the other year. Loser. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I feel like if you had a two and a half, I like it more. Obviously, yeah. but I guess the question is, would you? And not that you're playing look-aheads, and we don't spend a bunch of time on that either, but would you have loved that game last week, or was it just about what you saw in the prior week? I think or it's – in, uh, in the subsequent week? It's more about what I saw. Uh, well, no, not with the Vikings. I, I, like, I mean, but with San Fran. Yeah, I mean, I think San Francisco – my opinion on them has changed since the Rams game. Not much last week. Like, I, I don't see them beating up the Jags as, like, anything unexpected. Uh, but, but in a weird way, them having a statistically, do- if I recall, they pretty much dominant. controlled that game. Yes. That's a, in a bad spot. That is a good sign, at least yep. of the team's focus, right? Thought, and then we'll move on to the next game for AJ. What do you think of this, Faz? On Wednesdays when we do the pod, we start forcing picks on the look-aheads where everyone's got to – maybe we'll do one, two, or three Love way. Love it. Because then we can then look at the, you see what I'm saying next week we can then understand if we like a spot now with a team that we didn't like last week well why, why? and make sure it's it's not just some short term thing that maybe it doesn't matter and don't even limit me to one maybe we'll have more than one oh no no yeah I'm thinking what we force a pick on every game like as in what do you think the line should be almost that question let's right? do it yes and and, and you and I can do that yeah. and you know AJ, listen let's give AJ some credit here. He is a college football specialist, champion two years ago at pregame, champion last year, heading towards a winning year this year. It's good, not champion probably, but you know, you can't be champion every year no, against, great not every year. against great competition. But he's an NFL as a secondary thing, and I would say he's grown more as a handicapper in these 10 weeks than anyone I've seen in any 10 weeks. Wouldn't I agree. agree. I agree. Thank you, guys. Well, Stephen Nover won. Well, no, I'll give it to AJ. <laughs> All right, next game. Uh, my last game is Baltimore minus three and a half against the Browns. Okay, how much of this? Explain, explain to me how much of this is Baker Mayfield. A good percentage of it. Uh, 31st in PFF, 31st in QBR. He's so not. He's bad this season. He's not just underperforming this season. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league this season. And we can abstract out the cause because it doesn't really matter, right? Meaning if it's injury. He's still injured. So, but he actually we, had a quote that this is, as, he says, this is the most beat up I've ever been. My shoulder, my leg, my foot. He that, said that even before this last game, if I recall, I think it was. Yes. Okay. So that's him whining, right? So, <laughs> I mean, but he, it's the same thing Rodgers is doing with his toe. Mm-hmm. I mean, he understands the narrative. And listen, ba- the fact break, Baker's not freaking out, imagine, think about this. If Baker keeps going this way, he might have a Trubisky-type contract. Yeah, Meaning, where he's like, somebody's second, backup. And, but if he would have had the same year this year that he had the second half of last year, he would have signed for $40 million plus a no year. No doubt. The fact he's not, like, chopping people's heads off in a fit of rage, you got to give him a little credit. Because, yep. I mean, this is life-changing stuff here. 
I think it's a negative. I, I don't know how much you saw of this, but his wife uh, posted on social yeah, media. I, I just feels like she the deleted. she got hacked. She got hacked. Oh sure, it just happened to write something about her husband being so tough. But that was the whole point so much tougher it. than the rest of the team. But isn't that Ooh. wild? If you did hack someone that you didn't like, you wouldn't say "fuck you, world." <laughs> you would probably like try to act like you're them. You That's see what true. I'm uh-huh. If someone if someone ever says bad shit about you on my it's Instagram, hacked. It's, it's hacked. Except I don't really play on Instagram. No, but someone would send you a screenshot. I don't look at those either. It had to be like seven people can contact me. Fezzik would send you a screenshot. I look at about at least a third of his emails. It, it would so be yeah. first if pick. If you send it three times. <laughs> it would be first pick, veto, AJ screenshot, second pick, and you'd have to see it. By the way, if someone who's in my inner circle sends me a personal email, I look every time. It's just our system doesn't really – I don't know if Steve's replying, cracked in – one of McKenzie's mistakes or what he's doing. So it's hard to look at that. Maybe that's what we should do is put, per, not personal, but put, I don't know. We'll come up with that. Or maybe, go ahead. AJ called me last night and I told him, never call me. Text me. Call so, is no so good. You're like, give it, you're like yelling at him. Yeah. yeah he barked I was like, me don't down. leave a voice message. I don't listen to my voice messages. <laughs> I didn't leave a voice message, by the way. Yeah. I'm not a voice message leaver. But in a way, he probably maybe took that to be you being rude. But in truth, you're just trying to make sure he gets a hold of you. Exactly. He's trying to be a fa- he's doing I know. And I always tell people, like, like if I don't respond to something urgent, betting-wise, I said, retext it. I get a lot of texts. They, get, they drop. Well, I tell you this. I mean, if you think anyone over the years, he would say, you know, the financial side with RJ has been pretty good. That he, You know, kid gloves, you'd think. You talk to him on Sunday morning or something. I can see why people would, some people, some people aren't a fan of Fez's personality. He's like, what do you want to talk about? It's like, well, you know, I got this plan. Yeah, yeah, okay, hold on a second. This, the, the rushing yards just went from 13 and a half to 12 and a half. You know, it's like he's, he's so <laughs> focused. And, and in a way, that's why he's so good at it. Talk yeah. to me in April. Yeah, yeah, so, well, all right. Um, but just to kind of put a wrap on it, I do think that look ahead if, because here's the thing, why should your opinion change week to week? what you see in the week, and then, in theory, an evolution of what you understood about the past, right? As in, you see another team, Kansas City, when the Bills beat them, we thought, or I'm sorry, when the Bills beat them, we thought, oh, my God, Bills are good. Then Kansas City looked worse. Oh, maybe Bills aren't so good. Now the Bills look like crap, even though Kansas City looks a lot better. The win looks better, which is confusing, right? That is a confusing (laughs) because. There's been such a change in Kansas City's, especially early in the year. As well, the both team. of them going the opposite direction yeah. makes it more confusing. It's illogical that it does. Usually, yeah. it should, that's why we try to do correlated parlay sometimes with those kind of things. But that's it. It should be that past looks different, and the present has been added, new information. I think most people are emotional. It's like this team just cost me a bet. Now I'm not. I mean, we all fall prey to that. Oh, no doubt. So, and, and, you, and you've joked about it. You're like, now's the time to jump on that team. Right? I've actually found. And I think we. You actually, AJ, said something like that about a team last week. I thought it was the week whenever everyone and the Browns last year were an example of this because two years before it was all the hype. They disappointed a lot of people, and then the next. And year you made we, fun of me when I liked the Browns under. Last year, they're like, now's the time to play over Fest. Yes. <laughs> Browns don't win. Well, his answer was, they're the Browns. They're the Browns. Like, why are you going under? They're the maybe same old Browns. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. All right. So, um, the, I'm sorry. The, uh, repeat that. Oh, it, it's Baltimore over the Browns. Okay. So Baker and his injuries. Yep. Ravens six DVOA against the run. 
which is great news if you're playing the Browns. If you can slow down the run, make Baker banged up Baker beat you, you're in good shape. And then the Ravens went they win without Lamar last week, which means Lamar got a personal buy, which is great news. I think if you're if you're you think so because I think the you, I think there's probably some emotional tumult around. I heard more cracks about Lamar missing. Mm-hmm. Like people being derisive about it than I think I've ever heard about any NFL player. I, is there some rumor going around about something that we don't that maybe I don't know about about that you could be saying oh personal? I mean, has anyone heard any? I mean, again, this would be unsubstantiated about Lamar like anything negative, right? Undisclosed medical condition. We don't know. Well, I know we don't publicly know, but would you agree, Fez, that you've heard some cracks? about him missing the game yes from people that don't usually do that kind of thing yeah doesn't that tell us there's something going on that we don't know about yes all right i wonder what that could be i mean he, he, I, mean, he I mean listen let's not even talk about him let's just say abstractly drugs he's fighting with a woman he's fight, i mean it's like anything that human beings yeah. have right i'm not saying there's i know any of that right at all because i mean much like baker bad timing because he's due to get a big contract right now as well, well he's got a little more margin of error but speaking, yeah. speaking of timing unique scheduling dynamic the cleveland browns play this game then they have a bye then they host baltimore so mm-hmm. think about this if you want to bet on cleveland against baltimore mm-hmm. I'd wait two weeks and have the mother of all great spots for Cleveland because Baltimore is a big game the following week. They, I think they play the Bengals. So if you're going to bet Cleveland, bet them in two weeks. If you're going to bet this game, it's Baltimore pass. I, I don't know if I agree with that. What I agree with is, and it's a variation, if you could do a two-team parlay, bet Baltimore now and Cleveland in the, ne- in the game next because if Baltimore wins, your handicap gets better. Browns have lost another one. They're downgraded. And thus it gets juicy. They get a bigger number coming up. But if the Browns win this game, it's the worst because now they're off a win. And now they fat, fat Baltimore, and happy and, bold, and we won't want Cleveland in two weeks. Yeah. We only want Cleveland in two weeks after they lose this game. Yeah, right. so why not make it a parlay? Because they won't let you parlay. But they will let you parlay one week ahead. Yes. Okay. Because I mean, this is only like game of the year. Lines, okay. Right. But yeah. So I. So if you're if you're if you're thinking Browns, but you don't pull the trigger, root on Baltimore. Yeah. That probably sets it and up. And then bet triple on the Browns in two weeks. All right, AJ. Any closing thoughts? That's it. Now you only have 32 minutes to prepare. I'm, I'll be prepping. You know, I I think I could do it. You without me? No. Yeah, well, yeah. But no, in 32 minutes, I think I could get ready. Well, oh, 32 show. minutes is like six hours to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fez, let's keep going. Your picks. And we went over your best bet. Yeah, so the best bet was Indianapolis. The one change, now that it's gone to three, I it was like 2.7 was the market line, but two and a half was the Westgate line. Now it's three everywhere. Now I love Indianapolis plus three. I, I can't see how you could possibly make a case for Tampa Bay being three and a half by example. Do you think game. I moved the number? I don't know. Think about that. Who did I have yesterday? Tampa. And I thought the line, you know, I I really would have liked it a plus two and a half. My two and a half, I wasn't as sure, but I still. Eh. So we and, grade you at plus three then? Bucks plus three? Yeah. Oh, whoa, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I don't mean, It's funny when there's well, jokes. Bucks plus three. Yeah, wow, wait. What are you talking about, Mackenzie? You got everyone confused. He, he doesn't say a word. <laughs> I mean, he says three words. Everyone's befuddled. Go ahead, sir. My apologies. We thought the line was Bucks plus two and a half yesterday. 
which yeah. would have been a great bet, which would have been RJ's best bet. Mm -hmm. I thought it was because I made a stupid mistake. You didn't think it was. No. But now it's up to three, so his joke is kind of advanced in a way, <laughs> is if we still think that the, the plus and minus is flipped, now that it's three, don't you want the plus three instead of the minus three with the Bucks, even though they're minus three, but that's kind of the joke. And then it ties into the Esler joke a little bit. I think he had this muddled feeling. It, it actually flows now. I get it. Yeah, I'm not sure it's it actually, works. I think it it's works. It's not fun. If you have to think, <laughs> it's not fun. It's, it's, That's what we know. It's, it's like dry humor. No, have, but even that, you shouldn't have. If you have to think about it, you, it's never it's funny. It's like the far side. But a lot of times you didn't have to think about that, but you didn't know about the far side. I, you know, that's a cartoon, right? <laughs> yeah. Or uh, in the newspaper. Yeah, that was pretty cool, I guess. I never. I, My favorite far side, eight right. seconds. They have this big polar bear that's wearing like a penguin like beak. And there's nine penguins around this ice floe. And the penguin's talking to another penguin. And he says, Wait a minute. Now Eric's gone. Now something's going on around here. And the polar bear has this enormous stomach. And he's obviously eating all the penguins. <laughs> now, what I would say is just here in the end, it was, it was pretty good. But. That one, you got to get to the punchline faster. I hear you. <laughs> I like you're trying more jokes, though. I mean, I, I, I like the, the thought. Um, but all joking aside, if I had liked Tampa yesterday at minus two and a half, or I kind of did, but I didn't like it as much as I liked it when I had the line flip, couldn't I be strutting around right now talking about closing line, or at least it's not closing line? You are the epitome of CLV closing line value there because it's 20, 20 cents. cents. 20 because cents we were kind of making fun that, that yesterday I liked Tampa at a line that's 20 cents cheaper than the current market. Yes. Now, now you move 20 cents. Now let me ask you something. At what point do you start getting worried? Because I always see you especially, for as accomplished as you are, Steve Fezzik, you so are scared to buck the market. Now, you don't mind getting ahead. You love getting ahead of the market like nothing yep. else. But you will buy back on game day. Why is oh, NFL Sundays? Because I put an asterisk, a grain of salt on line moves during the week. But if I wake up. On well, what does a grain of salt mean? It means. Eh. I, did, I think you do the opposite. I think you respect the hell out of the line moves before Sunday. And on Sunday, you're willing to fade them because you think they're public. Well, if it's, if it's a, yes, if it's a public move. Mm -hmm. But if I see a game that's like, let's say a game's pick them and I bet pick them. Okay, there's no public on a pick them game typically. And then I wake up and the team, I bet it's a team pick them and now they're getting one and a half. I want no part of taking plus one and a half. Even though I'm getting a better line, I mean that would be something. the case Tuesday, Wednesday. That's every day, right? Well, but a lot of times there's you can get revert, you get line moves and then they'll move back in the other direction over the course of a week. When when it's Sunday, I know hey, it's closing. It is closing opposite of what I thought. Now you make an interesting point because my theory used to be a lot of people's theory was the big betters like a Billy Walters. Why would they hide their moves? that are 10, 15 minutes before the game, because why do they hide moves? They generally don't want followers to keep... Mm -hmm. They want to get all their bets down and more. Right. But on, right before post, there was no way to bet after. But then we learned, hey, they want to obscure who they like, because even like with the Eagles, we saw... The, the, the words out. Memo yeah. got out. And look at that Eagles line move against the Saints, how, like, boom, it was like one, and then it went, it went to two and a half pretty quick in the week. See, I actually saw that differently. I saw it where it was... And when I say, I mean, my interpretation was there might have been a little movement early, but then it seemed to settle for a long time. And then on the weekend into Sunday, it moved. Mm -hmm. That feels like it was the, the big syndicate on Philly. And my understanding is there's one big one that is 
was waiting for some injury news or something. Yeah, or? there were negative. That, that was injury driven. There was negative stuff. Two linemen out for the Saints, and Kamara was out. Yes, because it, when it was two and a half, if I'm remembering that line right, right mm-hmm. during the week, if I would have said on Friday afternoon. How sure are you this going to three? You wouldn't have been too sure, would no, you? No, because there had been money on the Saints the last couple of weeks also. So yeah, kind that's of what like I'm saying. Conflicting, like they're pro Saint betters out there, and there's some very pro Eagle betters, which are even more aggressive, I'd yes. say. All right. So back to the question. So you're saying you actually, all right, so let's agree to this: three tiers of line moves. The most respected tier is a non-public or sharp move on game day, because you're figuring, hey. It's going to be hard to buy, you know, like they're not going to dummy it up here to buy it back. But any game day, that's the case, right? Because the whole point of dummying up a game is the limit, right? Mm -hmm. Is once the limits are maxed, that is the line move you most respect. And you can tell if it's publicly or not just based upon the team it is and if the public's going to bet them, kind of? Yes. And and the line move that I respect the least would be the good story. The news is already out, and it's just the Lemmings copying example I like Seattle, all right, against Arizona. So I bet Seattle plus two. Brave of you to admit that. Yeah, I bet Seattle plus two. I bet Seattle plus one. I bet them pick them, all right? So Seattle goes to minus three, all right, on game day. So you bet them at multiple numbers. Yes. But you don't bet – I mean, you bet a lot, but you don't bet the amount where, like, 50000 no. isn't – so why why not do it in one crack? Because it was moving. Like, it it, it, it was one of those open order type uh, things. Take all the plus two. The twos are gone. So, Take the So ones. all these moves happen the within, pick. like, 20 minutes. Saturday night. Okay. Yes, but you're not the type that would bet Monday, then bet Tuesday. No, this then. is all Saturday night. Okay, okay? All right. So Sunday, the line's three. Settles in at three. Doesn't look like Murray's going to play. Boom. It's, it's confirmed Murray's not playing. And you know what? That line goes all the way up to five. I don't respect the, the Seattle minus three money at all mm-hmm. because it was like the people betting plus two and plus one and even money suspected that was going to be the case anyways. And so how much value can there really be on Seattle minus three and a half that pushes it up to minus five? That's not a move I would res- I, I respect the move from plus one to minus two, but now it gets to the point it's just lemmings to the sea. Everyone's copying each other. Oh, Seattle's the right side. Well, they were the right side. Not anymore. Your story actually makes the case – on how buying at the second or third number isn't, and, and again, let's say plus two is the first number, plus one and a half is the second, plus one is the third. That isn't a sign of a square necessarily if it's if a normal bet or the size of your bets don't allow you to get a full crack or your full bet at the one number. Thus, if you still th- if you think the line should be minus three the other way, which is extreme, but okay. Yep. You rather plus two than plus one and a half, but plus one and a half is a bet you want. You'd rather plus one and a half than two plus one, but plus one's a bet you want. And in retrospect, I said I wish I would have just put an open order out plus well, one, but I just like why would I do that when there are twos out there, you know? And then yeah. like oh nope, didn't get the two, didn't get the one half. It's like well god damn it, get something, you know? But 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 that was about size of bet and how quickly it moved. Yes. But the kind of person that didn't get it at three once the information was out, but is still willing to take three and a half, there's no way to explain that rationally other than they just were asleep and they don't see the value of half points. And, and what they're relying on on others, that someone's, someone's saying, hey, Seattle's the right side. And like, are they, they don't have, I don't think they have any clue that Seattle was plus two the night before. They're just betting who, who their, their advisor is telling them to bet. And if you, to close the circle on this topic, this is why you believe and I believe that followers at the very end not only aren't going to win against the VIG 
and my premise has always been, and I've never heard this articulated quite like this, the line, it's almost like the Peter principle, right? The theory is you rise to incompetence and then you stay. The line's going to rise to the previous one half point beyond the last number the Sharps thought was a winning bet. Right, right. You, Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns were laying 11. Then they're laying 12. Then they're laying 13. That, they, they closed 14 against Detroit. Now, I know they never had a chance to cover, but in retrospect, probably 12 and a half, 13 was the right number. The people who were laying 11 probably had a good bet, but the, by the time it got to 14, it just was ridiculously overhyped, and it was time to play the Detroit back. At 14. Yes. But let's assume that there is no echo because some some steam moves have an echo. The followers keep pushing. But let's assume it's like this plus a half or plus two, plus one and a half, plus one. You stop betting a plus one because you had your full uh, unit in or whatever and you were done. But let's say you had an open order, which is a fun way of saying get as much as you can. You know, we also have a billion dollars. Understanding the markets if it was a prop, but like I gave you, I rarely do this, pretty much an open order on Notre Dame. It was like, I liked that at five. One to of one. the best bets you, you, that you've given out, but maybe not quite as good as your Phoenix to win the Pacific at 12 to one. <laughs> or the Ramadan. Or the Ramadan feast. feast that, yes, where the dude wasn't able to eat or drink for 14 hours and but, the big man and, and got like seven minutes of playing time and we played him like under seven points. No, no, no. It was like it was, under it like was 13 11? or whatever. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was slow double digits. Yeah. Yes. And now what's cool is I also like that too because the way the game was it was at the very it started at the very end of it so it was going to extend into the game because if it's a night game i think they're able to eat uh, people who follow that religion are able to eat once it gets dark I yeah think, literally right? the sun was setting at 8 12 in the game like like two hours and 30 minutes after the game started so like it I, was perfect it's yeah. like is he going to be munching on a snickers bar <laughs> in overtime what's going on I, mean, I was fine with that now we're going to have first half under <laughs> yes, point yes <laughs> but yeah but i do like that listen notre dame could lose right now but we had it at, we got some at five and a half yeah, you said one. fez get it five to one i, I found some 550 went ahead and, and old limit ordered it out there and uh, got you a chunk yes now and, and if, now, am I going to put a hundred thousand on something like that? No, but the markets won't allow for that anyway. Right. So it was a so. But on that plus one, at a certain point, even if you had more appetite to pick them or whatever, when do you stop? When's the last bet you make? Is the last profitable number right that you think I still like this bet at this number? I to be honest, yes, but I. I on my own bets, once I get ten thousand on something, that's pretty much. But that's your limit. My what, personal limit. Yeah. But so I got I got to like evaluate it. Put up the. And I'm like, how much did you get? You know. So I'm talking to a few of my guys. I'm like, oh, I already got. All right, I already got close. You know, I'm, I'm closing in on my max bet because no matter how good I think something is. Well, that's just Kelly criteria. Yeah, you got to you got to limit it to, at some point to what you're playing because. You, but let's assume that what we're talking about here are fifty dollar limits, but your current bankroll, uh -huh. meaning you're never gonna hit. Full appetite, not once on any of the it's fifty dollar bets, but they're very profitable ten or you know, ten percent ROI type bets. Okay, you're gonna tell people, or let's forget people. You're making the bets on your computer, right? And let's assume this is like a macro on Excel where you don't even have to go through the motions. You're gonna set the parameters. Mm -hmm. The line is four, plus four. Let's say, let's make it simple. The line is pick them. All right, you like the, the home team. All right. You think it's a good bet up to a certain point. At Pick'em, you know you can get $500, 10 times 50 bets. You know you can get 500 at one. You know, it's going to go to one because there's no half. One and a half. 
there's a certain point where if you could just put the range in and tap it and it, it fulfills, you're going to have a certain point, you're going to wave, I bet this three and a half or shouldn't. If you thought it was four, it wouldn't be three and a half, but you know what I'm saying. And then you're either going to say yes or no. But would you agree at the point you stop, the last bet you make is the last bet you think is profitable if we remove the bankroll element from it. Yes, I feel well, that, last, that last bite of the apple is a 53% bet. Exactly. Yeah. Which is the old saying, how much did you hit last year? 60%. Didn't bet enough games. Don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you might know something, right? 53% uh, bets are good bets. Well, see, that's always dangerous, I think. I think 54s are good because you got a, enough rank. No human can calculate. That's, and, and that's really why people suggest you bet half the Kelly criterion, mm -hmm. not the full, because it's, it's we uncertain. all overestimate our edges on games. We think our numbers are infallible, and the truth is that the you got to give the market enough respect to say you're going to have a few lemons along the way. Things yeah, well, you got to give of. your own ability to assess it less of a be more critical of it because we all are imperfect in that regard yes. but if you're doing something with perfect math strategy like um if we're flipping a coin and you're giving me a dollar and a penny and i'm giving you a dollar and it's a fair coin with the kelly criterion you can optimize your bet amount exactly so i have a 0.5 percent advantage in that situation well, i so, had the advantage yeah. yeah so you should bet 0.5 percent of your bankroll so if you've got um a you know a hundred dollar bankroll you bet 50 cents then pro rate upward and usually with Kelly, even if you have optimism, you're not betting even close to five. Like people are talking about 5% of bankroll, 4% of bank. That's way too much typically, just broad strokes. Yes. The only exception that I would say is that there are um, some of the Kellys, like like you'll see, we had a bet last night where like there was a stale team total that we played because Northern Illinois' quarterback is out. And every now and then you see one of those where – hey, the number should be 25 and I'm playing under 28. I'm pretty damn confident that that's, you know, a 58, 60% bet, you know, in a situation like that. And the more illiquid a market is, said another way, the more rogue the numbers are, the more uh, less pop. If Here's the question. Is Fezzik looking at the same numbers? Ask yourself that question. If he is, that means probably if there was any great value, he's already sucked it out. And it's true. But if he's not, if it's something local, you got a local book that does some special two-for-one this or paying you extra on uh, two-team parlays, hey, you can say, I don't bet more than 2%, Kelly. No, you look at it and say, which, but then Kelly accounts for that too because you put in what you think your R, you know, win percentage is. Exactly, right? yes. So if you think it's 60, all of a sudden the numbers go way up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if it's the NFL side and it's Sunday, yeah, you could have the right side. You might, likely, but you're not going to have a side that's – you're not going to be laying three when they're supposed to be laying nine, right? No. But that could be the case in college basketball in February. Oh, and it's not – exactly. And, and people – how could how could the market get that game so wrong? And you could say this happens all the time. Right before a game tips off, the top two scores for a team – it's not in any injury report, but for whatever reason, they ain't playing, you know? Yeah, but I think that almost diminishes the point that it's just there's not great insight into these. What people don't understand is this, and you were on the other side. You spent, what was it, four months down in Panama with Pinnacle? Uh, Curacao, yes. Curacao, okay. Is that near Panama? Why am I thinking Panama? It's off the coast of Colombia. It's the ABC Islands, Aruba. Um, Those all scare me. I, I've never gone to Costa Rica or anything. I'm thinking, I don't know anyone down here. Like, don't they steal kidneys and stuff? You hear about that, don't you? Uh, there's very attractive Colombian women. That scares me, too. You want to talk about losing a kidney? No doubt. Right. <laughs> I'd be, you know, Sunday, I would pay $20,000 
to have footage of you those four months down there where if you if it was like a documentary where they followed you every second we could make gold it, out of it, that no you couldn't because it was so boring because but, I, I stayed in this like th these flores hotel that that was like really like a nice international hotel and i was scared to death like i would not i would not so go you out were having me. the human emotions i'm talking about i was yeah well i was i, I mean it was it, like people are like oh you should go out and see this and like like during the day i would drive around the island on my off day but you could drive all the way around the island. like You had your perimeter. windows up. Roll them up. Yeah, exactly. And there would be like wild chickens that would just be like crossing the road and things. It was crazy. I had an old friend that uh, knew, that worked and uh, with a car company, and they were talking about uh, Central America. I can't remember. But they said that people would hide, you know, the locals or whatever, not all of them obviously, would hide in the bush on the side of the road. And when executives would drive by with like their hand out the window, hmm. They chop out their hand with like a machete to get their watch. Wow. That story. Wow. Let's just say I was rolling, you know, I'd roll it up. <laughs> so to get to the final point, you're going to start betting when you, th the, uh, when you think the value's gone. Yes. Thus, the prior price that you bet, you thought their value was there. Thus, wherever the market settles, even if it was just the originators moving it, to bet it after they're done means you bet betting at a number they don't think is profitable. Yes. Right? Yes. You add in the followers, now you might get to the point you get to the other side of that that um the the valley of vig, right? You get that value. So it might be profitable for at four and a half, both sides lose, five and a half, both sides lose. At six, it might be break even on the dog. At six and a half is value on the exactly dog. Exactly right. Yeah. Well done. Correct? Correct. <laughs> And of course, you know, the extreme example, what's easier is that like minus two and a half can have great value and plus three and a half can have great value. Just a one point move, you know, just because it's 40 cents. Sure. Right. And you're the straddles 20. Yes. Right? So in theory, if it was positioned just right, you could have 10 cents of value at two and a half and 10 cents of value at three and a half. So you're. Yes. That's right. right. Yep. Okay. So, all right, we got like a minute or two or you three or four. My, you want my best bet? You, yeah, go. Well, we went through your best bet. No, we didn't do the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, that's fine. But what I'm saying is that yeah. was a very good conversation. Yes. I mean, there's enough people breaking down games. No, Not many's doing that. that. And that's really what I'm, what I'm best at. I do like your Steelers plus four and a half. You know, they're getting a whole lot healthier with TJ Watt practice today. Uh, Fitzpatrick should be back from the COVID. Uh, might get um, Hayden back. And I like the fact that the Steelers lost at home against the Bengals. That was their biggest loss mm. of the year. You beat me in my crib, and now I return the favor. I think it's a good spot for Pittsburgh. But, boy, it strikes me that even from the Buffalo game on, the opening game for Pittsburgh, the narrative was Pittsburgh got lucky. The offense is really bad. Defense is good, but, you know, defense is, is varies. It's not consistent. Mm-hmm. And thus, you got an inconsistent side of the ball with a good baseline, and you got a, a bad side of the ball in the offense. And by the way, it's worse than people. It's not just bad. It's really bad. Would you agree that was the narrative? Yes. Then as time passed, Pittsburgh pulled out this win and that win. And then you start hearing, I tell you about Tomlin. He gets him to play his game, you know, where it gets to be a, a broken down game. Which, it feels like we're changing the story in hindsight. Was Pittsburgh better than we thought this whole time? Or is it kind of like that 8-8 eight and eight year where they got a lot of breaks when Duck Hodges or whatever was quarterbacking? They didn't play 8-8. Eight and eight. They played like 6-10. and you know, 10. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the results are fair and this is just a battle between 
the numbers and optimal play, which Pittsburgh would get crushed in, versus how they try to make it a rock fight, which they do well in. Is it Pittsburgh's ability to do that, or is it that Pittsburgh's been underrated? Why have they overperformed? I think they've been fortunate. See, now, like turnovers and stuff? Yeah. But Mackenzie, what do you see for the turnover numbers for Pittsburgh? Because, I mean, we, we got some new analysis with that. We're not only looking at the EPA. We're looking at the net number versus the EPA. Give me Pittsburgh. One sec. Just pulling that up. You know, what's interesting about Pittsburgh. Pitt, is, Pittsburgh is negative seven points, which is 20th in the league as far as EPA. And they are minus two in turnovers, which is also 20th. Okay. So 20th in the league in net turnovers, meaning the turnovers they give up and the turnovers that they receive or benefit from. And 20th means that they are actually underperform, as in they've been hurt by turnovers. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And they did, you know, for a team that went five straight games without losing any of them. Losing any turnovers. Any games. Oh, okay. Four, four, they went, had a 4-0-1. That, that's got to be the quietest 4-0-1 run for an NFL team in history, right? You know, it's, But it, that's interesting. If Pittsburgh is – because I didn't get a sense here. And if anything, let's be honest, Big Ben being as conservative as he is now, you would make the case he's going to have less turnovers, uh-huh. right? And you make the case if there's any defense that's going to have a few more takeaways, it's going to be Pittsburgh with well, that pass rush. Yeah, and especially now they're getting healthier. You know, yeah. that, that that's the thing. Is but I think that, that, TJ Watt's been healthy all but the last yeah. game and one other game. So I think, if anything, there was a rush. There was a bunch of injuries. But Pittsburgh's defense has been fairly I healthy. I think you nailed it. There was a bunch of injuries, and people are like, oh, Pittsburgh's overrated because they've got this good record, and now they're a below-average team. But you know what? That was an aberration because of the defensive injuries. I think so. And I, I, I think, listen— We've been hearing about how bad Big Ben is. How many yards? Listen, I know counting stats are imperfect. And I'm going to ask about, I'm saying this rhetorically, so you don't even have to pull it up. How many yards did he have against the Browns? The the, the playoff game, like 500. Oh, I think yeah, that was the, the crazy rate. So here's a guy that's saying maybe he should retire. Now, I get it. He's not efficient. But how many people on earth could throw for 500 yards in that spot? And almost 40 points. And yeah, I mean, like there's maybe. They had a chance to win that game. They had a chance. Do you think even there's 32 uh, quarterbacks that could do what he did against the Browns? I don't think there is. Teddy Bridgewater is not doing that. And against Chargers here, you know, 10 months later or whatever, how many people could have put up the points in the yards? What I'm saying is Big Ben is like an old, tired fighter, but he's still got a right hand. Dropping the ball right in that fourth quarter. That was – how many points did Steelers score in that fourth quarter? 24? I mean, they took the lead. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's like Aaron Rodgers, and I didn't see it at the time, is I was saying, look at the stats. He's slightly above average. He was across all – plays but if it's fourth quarter and he's got the ball he's a lot better than the other quarterback at that QBR. is there any team maybe mckenzie can look that up the fourth quarter how many points pittsburgh got has any team gotten more points in a quarter all year long well that'd be easy right stack it uh, he'll have that what we're going to be wrapping here in three so, minutes so think about that i mean how is it possible that you can have a terrible quarterback that that's like got the number one scoring quarter well it's certainly a top year. couple yeah it's got to be top, top three so to me well i guess we can find the fourth quarter yeah. we could find the other three but it'd take a little longer so we'll, you got that bud uh, 30 seconds all right so my thought is i don't want to bet pittsburgh right now because i feel like the winning i thought pittsburgh was a little better than people thought because all the analytics guys were against them and there was value i think on them but now once they win and there's talk of how did we doubt pittsburgh now it's like no it's kind of what we thought before just a little bit better but i think it's a little bit less than what people think now though again maybe the chargers 
I mean, the, you think the Bengals are better, right? I do think the Bengals are better. So two and a half, two for home field for the Bengals? No way, one. That's going to be half Steeler fans. Then if that's the case, then then we, I'm not sure how you play home teams anymore. I mean, are you almost away team? Well, it depends on the home team. And yeah, like in this, even in this tr- case, I mean, big. What is it, Big Ben in Ohio kicks butt? You know, historically, yeah, with, yeah. With, with, it makes sense though. But you know that they, they, there's so many Steeler fans in Ohio. So 27 points in the fourth. No team has scored that many points in the fourth all year. So, I mean, yeah. And again, Big Ben is not the 28th or 29th best quarterback. He might be the 24th or 23rd, but then it's not what people are making it out to be. Any closing thoughts? I got to monitor Najee Harris. Boy, is he getting a whole lot of carries. I know he's a rookie. Let's see if he doesn't wear down by the very end of the year. They're they're overutilizing him. Yeah, but that almost might be a good thing (laughs) if they they pass a little more. I just hope Big Ben doesn't get it into his mind that he's going to play next year. Let's make this (laughs) be his, his year. Yes. All right, well, listen, now, moving forward, you're going to hear, I don't want to call it fraudulent. I don't want to say that. But think of a synonym for fraudulent and plug it in. What would you call this, this little fugazi that you got going with AJ after this? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. What would you call it? Fake? I mean, you guys started the show with my music. <laughs> Does that seem appropriate? I think that, well, what do they say? When you um, mimic someone, that's the greatest form of flattery. I know, I know. Right? So I, I don't know what the word is. You'll come up with one. How do you know it's a fugazi? Well, it's a fake. Yeah, I know what a fugazi is. Well, here it comes. You're going to hear the theme. It's I'm objecting to it, but AJ's got my hands held right now, so what am I going to do? He's like 6'3". All right, talk to you guys. All right, welcome in to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. You may be thinking, what? I thought that got released yesterday. It, it, it did. Yeah, we did one yesterday. Part two. Here we, yeah, part, part, two. part two. This is, uh, we're, we're grinding for you, baby. We are grinding. All the uh, the Thursday games done. They're, so you're not going to hear about any of those Thursday games in this pod. They're done. Our best bets. Uh you know, let's go. Let's go ahead and recap them, Fez. Your best bet: Indianapolis, the Colts, now available plus three. Yeah, so it was two point seven when we did the taping yesterday. We're taping on Wednesday, and it's gone to three. One. Um, why did it go to three? Well, one kind of um, significant guy that does a podcast uh, as well recommended Tampa, so that helped push it up to three. Good for us. You know what? If you don't want to buy, if you want to buy all my plays for. The week, um, Indianapolis most certainly will be prominently featured, plus three. The Colts are indeed my best bet, and that's what I personally bet the most money on. I cannot see how it can get any better than plus three, so time to gobble it up. Gimme, 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 Colts plus three. My best bet is the Atlanta Falcons, minus one at the Jags. Uh, I, I just think the Falcons are better than their record suggests they are. RJ made a little fun of me yesterday for saying I think Matt Ryan still got some some gas in the tank. Not a lot. I just think that everybody thought Matt Ryan was like a, a bottom bitch quarterback. I don't think he's that. I think he's an average guy now. And the Falcons getting healthier, assuming Patterson is back, they they should look like a lot different team than they looked like a week ago. So I'll and the Jags offense continues to get worse, and the Falcons have just uh, they've they've feasted on bad teams all year long. Giants, Jets, Dolphins. I don't understand why the Jags would be any different here. Yeah, I'm on the Falcons for a one weight here. Um, 
you know, these Tide commercials with Matty Ice, they're mm-hmm. terrible. You know, Ice <laughs> Tea and Stone Cold, they they do great Tide commercials, and they got to be Tide has to rethink bringing in. Think about this: when you bring in someone, it should be like an upgrade. So, like Tom Brady joins the Subway campaign, uh-huh. that's strong. You know, you got Serena Williams, good. You know, you got um, Stephon Curry, and they bring in Tom Brady. You don't. Like bringing the weakest link, it would be like taking like the number eight tennis player. So you world. think Matt Ryan's worse than Ice T? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh yes. Who's a better quarterback though, right now? Uh it's comparable. Okay, yeah, it's I, close. I, <laughs> the, You're not making a point for my best bet. Here. I am going to make a point. I'm going to do a derivative <laughs> off off of your best bet. All right. So I went back and did some more work in the NFL. Jacksonville Jaguars, what are we betting on here? Are we betting on the Atlanta Falcons? What do we really are the most confident in? We're betting that the Jags don't score very many points at all. Exactly. So I looked back, and guess what? The Jags don't score many points very often. What is the maximum? You know, I'm going to embarrass someone. That McKenzie, you go to the front line. Don't peek. What is the maximum amount the Jacksonville Jaguars have scored all year long? It's Ooh. funny that you said don't peek because I just queried it on the super sheet, but I haven't looked, I, okay. and I'm going to guess – 19 points. 12. Oh, ooh, that's Brad, low. You're, Brad, you're fired. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go over 19, under 24. See, you guys are too smart because you know I wouldn't be asking it if it wasn't an outrageously low number. And it's 23. So they, they scored 23, but not in North America they didn't. That was the oh, game. Dolphins game. That was the Dolphins game where they got. To, I think that was overtime, right? The twenty-three twenty, where the kicker made the two fifty-five yarders. If not, he made them late in the fourth quarter. Um, it was late fourth quarter. It didn't go to overtime. Yes, and they against the Bengals. You could argue they probably should have gotten to t- past twenty-three. But the bottom line is this total is forty-six, and it's a pick'em. So the Jacksonville Jaguar team total is twenty-three. So the only way you lose is they have to score more points in this game than they've scored. All year long. Now, I know this is a favorable matchup for them to get some points. Nevertheless, just from pure variance, blocked punts, kickoff returns, whatever it takes, you would have thought that they could have gotten past 23. So I like the team total under 23 for the Jackson. I like that a lot. And then you don't have to worry as much about if, if Patterson plays, if he doesn't. I think really the under in this game in general is probably a decent play. But I think that team total under is probably the stronger of the two. Yeah, so that's um, I'm going to add that as a derivative play. Go ahead and mark that down, McKenzie. Hope, hopefully RJ can endorse that here. Um, but the under, under in the for the team total for the Jaguars under 23. And RJ's uh, best bet was Green Bay at a pick'em uh, against the Rams, and I believe that number is still strong today. Let's check, and it is still the same number. So. Now, I was thinking about this, and RJ was talking about he liked Green Bay in a futures bet, possibly to mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl even. So think about this. If you're going to be betting a team to win the Super Bowl or to win the NFC, and, and that's a strong consideration, well, it should be the best team or one of the best teams in the league, meaning they should never, never not be able to win a game at home against any opponents. Who are the Rams to garner enough respect to be favored at Green Bay? That would, that's ludicrous. You've got a la la team of, of um, you know, living in Manhattan Beach, soaking up the sunshine, and now they got to go to, you know, the, the icy tundra of Green Bay in the 30s. Um, 
The Rams don't do well when they go to Chicago and play the crappy Bears. How are they going to win in Green Bay? I, I like this play a lot. Big home field for Green Bay. The only concern, I think, is that Aaron Rodgers isn't healthy. And I think that's what's pushing this number to where it is. So I think that some of that's baked into the line. But if he truly wasn't healthy, and RJ mentioned this, then he never would be talking about the I fact agree. that he had, he's got all kinds of problems with his toe. And, and let's face it, the Green Bay turf is not exactly like playing on the rock-hard AstroTurf of what was Riverfront Stadium back in the Ice Bowl of the early 80s. Yeah. So I'm, His wife is just going to rub some magic crystals or something on his toe and fix him anyway. That's what the, that's how it works. There, she's going to put some voodoo spell and rub like a, a, a pink amethyst crystal on it, and he'll be fixed. <laughs> he got married? Or his fiance, whatever she is. I don't <laughs> he know. Wasn't she? He, he was man, that, that gal man, and then they broke up. and That gal man? Wasn't her last Olivia name? Olivia Munn. Munn. Munn, man, Munn. Yeah, he kicked her to the curb, Munn. and now he's with uh, Shailene Woodley. I'll take your word for it. Okay. All right. You don't pay attention to these things? I got games. What kind of fucking handicapper are you? I got games to bet. <laughs> you know, there's—I I, I got— How can you bet not knowing a quarterback's marital status? Hey, I know like, all about Stafford and his wife and the brain cancer, so, okay, I'm uh, on top of it. I'm happy he can finally spend a Thanksgiving with his family and not have to get his ass kicked on Christmas, on, on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> well, we'll I mean, listen, a wife plays into one of my handicaps later in the show, so we'll we'll get to that one here in a little bit. I, I look forward to that. Should we—so so your best bet is— uh, Atlanta— Yours is an Indy, RJ's Green Bay. What's your two-star? Two-star, Pittsburgh Steelers plus four and a half. You know what? The more I think about this, the more I am liking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are getting healthy. Maybe, um, guys, if we can get an updated query on how we're doing with T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, and uh, Harden. So three key guys that are all projected as possibly returning for the Steelers. Will they be 100%? I'm not so sure, but with Watt, Fitzpatrick, and Harden all potentially coming back. The Steelers' defense should be a lot better. I also like the situation a lot. Steelers have only gotten really blown out, lose by more than 11 points once all year long. That was against the Bengals. That was at home. So it's the old, you beat me in my crib. I return the favor um, against you when I when I travel to your place. And I could certainly see that happening with there not being that much of a disparity in my power rings. Bengals are better than Pittsburgh, but they're a field goal better or so. Um, were you, you guys able to pull up the injury information? Fitzpatrick is expected to return per Mike Tomlin. They missed him, especially late in that game last week. I mean, th that was that that was a key guy for I mean, the, the drive that sealed it for the Chargers – I don't, I don't think that happens if Fitzpatrick and Watt are on the field. Sure. And how about Harden and Watt? Watt's still questionable. I'm looking for the latest uh, practice report for today. That must have just come out. out. Very good. I'm a little nervous about the Steelers' defense. And even if these guys are back, I don't expect them to be 100%. But, like, Herbert throwing for 380 on him. Okay, Justin Herbert's really good. But like three three weeks ago, Justin Fields threw for almost three hundred yards on that defense. Like, there's something that's different now from the beginning of the season, and I don't know if it was because you remember the beginning of the season, the offense was just dreadful, right? And the defense was carrying them and keeping them in games that they probably shouldn't have been in because their offense was so poor they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't do anything. Now their offense is getting a little bit better, but the defense they look tired. They, I mean, they're a couple things happened in that Charger game though where. You know, oftentimes a quarterback having a big game is predicated upon them getting the two-minute drill at the end of the first half. 
And then that seems to carry over to the third quarter. So Herbert did get, I know, with two minutes left-ish, he got the ball and got a long drive and put up a lot of stats. So, boom, the defense is already tired going into halftime. And then that fourth quarter had so much craziness with turnovers that the defense never got a chance to rest. And a lot of that yardage and points, obviously, for both teams, really got put up in, you know, in the fourth quarter of that game. Good okay. news for Steelers backers, T.J. Watt. At practice on Wednesday, I think the only way you can you can like this bet is if those guys are healthy, like if if they're playing. Like I, I really think they like the defense that I already have questions about. If those two guys, the two best players they have, aren't out there, I, I can't be behind the Steelers team because their offense is not going to carry them. Their offense and the Bengals, the one thing they're good, like the Bengals are okay on defense. Their, their strength defensively is against the run. So if they can slow down Najee Harris, who looks, think knock on wood, looks like he didn't have like a serious injury. It looked like he maybe he did at the end of that game. Everything I've read is he's fine, he's good to go. Boy, but, but he's put a lot of a tread on the tires already this year. How many as times? A rookie. I mean, and and you look at certain running backs. All all run, runs are not created the same. It seems every Najee Harris run is a run that goes up the middle resulting in a violent collision. He's never going out of bounds. <laughs> he's not going to last long. Oh, how can he? But yeah. if he's like if he wasn't right, I mean, where's the offense come from because I don't think Ben is is carrying an offense. So I, I think but Ben that, looked surprisingly good against yeah, the Chargers, you know? I think that defense is important for this game. I I I'm with you. I think the number is is four and a half is almost outrageous. Like it, at three and a half, I was leaning to Cincinnati. And then four and a half, I'm like, it's, something's going on. There's just too much respect being given to Cincinnati here, more than than should be. So, Although four is not going to land more than 2% of the time. Sure, so. but just saying the fact that the number is pushing that way makes yes. me think, I, I, I just disagree with Cincinnati being that much better. I, I don't see it. I, I, like, if you said Cincinnati's slightly better, okay. I, I, I can, I can yep. get there. You're saying, like, they're two points better? No, I, I, don't, I don't think I see I, that. Well, I have them... Right now, my power ratings three and a half points better, but that was a power rating that had Pittsburgh with these guys injured. So, okay. I, so now I'm going to upgrade Pittsburgh. So Cincinnati is probably one point better than the average team. Pittsburgh's one point ish worse with if all these guys come back and they can play effectively. You give Cincinnati no more than one for home field with you know yeah, I mean, that's Pittsburgh what I was travels. There's not much for home field. Boom, we're at three and we're catching four and a half with a good spot for Pittsburgh. All right, my uh, my two weight is going to be the Minnesota Vikings, and I feel like if Vikings plus three. Is that what's still good? Yep. Yep. Uh, I feel like this is kind of a coin flip game. I, I think that these two teams are very similar right now, so I'm just going to roll with the team who's getting a full field goal here. And they're both fighting for a, probably the same playoff spot. And since Dalvin Cook came back from injury, the Vikings offense has really just kind of turned up. Uh, I, I'm a cousin's doubter, and – I, I, at some point, I guess I've got to stop. They're, they're second in DVOA pass offense. Cousins climbs the QBR ranks every week. PFF's been loving Kirk Cousins. Now QBR's starting to catch up with him. Um, and the Niners have won with defense and the running game their last several games. And without Mitchell, they had to use Debo Samuel to make the running game work against the Jags. So, it, it, that, and that's the Jags. He had eight carries for 79 yards. The rest of the team, 34 carries for 92 yards. 
that's not going to get it done against a team that's actually going to score points. Uh, and Minnesota is going to actually score points. And the, the the Vikings D that was so bad against the run early in the season is kind of clamped down lately. 86 yards a game in their last two wins. So I, I like the value here with the full field goal. Minnesota plus three at the 49ers. I also don't like playing the Niners as a favorite. And we also talk about the Niners being so much better to back them on the road because seemingly none of their games, the home field doesn't matter. And, you know, they rolled last week on the road and that they have not been good at all at home. They played one good game on the home all year long and they were bad last year as well. And that whole, we talk about that wine and cheese type of um, environment where you, you, you had San Francisco and you had Washington teams with huge home field advantages playing in baseball stadiums, you know, in, um, in, in their downtowns. And then they move out to the suburbs and the the tickets suddenly become, um, you know, sky high. And, yeah. and ticket brokers are selling them to owners of um, wineries and and um, uh, I guess in, in that part of the country, um, tech tech uh, yep. consultants and the like. And um, the crowd, the home field just isn't there anymore. One interesting stat from the Vikings that I uh, heard about that I think is interesting. Guess how many times we know the Vikings only play close games. Guess how many times the Vikings have had a seven-point lead in their games? Seven or more? Seven or more. Three? Three. Mackenzie, you want to guess? I know. I'll pass. Brad, you want to guess? I also know, so I'll pass. Every one. Yeah. What? Every game. And then they just blow All it at the long, end? Well, so sometimes, it, to be fair, like the Cincinnati game, they got up seven nothing, and then the Bengals got okay, up. Okay. You know, but the bottom line is, in terms of live wagering, I have to tell you, I'm just going to wait for the Vikings to get a touchdown and get up by their seven, and then I will certainly back San Francisco. You know, plus the two at that point, um, because it seems every Viking game comes down to the final play of the game. So something to look for. When if I, if any team goes up ten, I like the other team. The Vikings can't seem to hold a lead, and they're certainly um, have been good at coming back and making games close. Your one weight is the Falcons minus one, so we'll go to my one weight, which is the Baltimore Ravens minus three and a half. Ooh. And I, I think RJ would push the button on me if he were here. Uh, I he he actually has listed Cleveland plus three and a half. So let's just assume the button's been pushed. Mm -hmm. Um. Baker Mayfield's not just underperforming. Baker Mayfield is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. Like, in, I know you do your quarterback rankings. If you take priors out of it, there's I, I don't know how many guys you're going to find worse than Baker Mayfield. Like, just on this season. Um, he's 31st in PFF, 31st in QBR. Now it's and, – and so then his, his post-game press conference, he talks about he's bad-mouthing the fans – talking about oh this is the same crowd that doesn't get quiet when the offense is on the field his wife is posting on instagram basically photos of or that have the caption don't i don't want to hear anything about baker he's tough maybe the rest of this team would be better if they were as tough as him this is not a good situation for the browns they are falling apart i think yeah and somehow my quarterback ratings have remained over on your side of the ledger i believe so we're gonna bring up oh, no they're not i'm the uh, I'm going to go from memory. I've got Baker minus one, one point worse, I believe, than an average quarterback. And that puts him like right around, 
I would say, well, I've got it, I've got it right here, so I don't have to guess. Um, actually, I've lowered him to one and a half points worse. So 19th best quarterback in the league. That may be generous. You're talking about who's, the who's behind him? Give me a couple Daniel guys behind Daniel Jones, him. Mac Jones, and and Hertz. I think Mac Jones is better than Baker Mayfield. Could, be, could well be. And, and and again, this may be a situation where I hate to. He's hurt. That's the the bottom line is he's just not. Well, he's not better this week. And he said he's got <laughs> actually he's worse. He said, "quote I've never been so beat up." Um, he has shoulder, leg, and knee issues along with the labrum, which I guess is his shoulder. So he's he, it's not like he's just got that labrum injury he's going to have all year long. He has multiple injuries. It absolutely is telling. And the fact that um, when Rogers says. Oh, I've got turf toe. I think he's looking for, you know, people, sympathy. Rodgers knows bad. he's not going to be in Green Bay next year. Mm-hmm. Baker is going to be in Cleveland next year, presumably. Yeah. Now, the mm-hmm. question is, is he going to be there beyond next year? And that's what, sure. what they've got to figure out. But I don't I, – I am I think Baker's stock is plummeting, plummeting. And you look at you look at this situation for Baltimore. After this game, they're at Pittsburgh. Then they got to play at Cleveland. Cleveland's got to buy next week. Then they got Green Bay at Cincinnati. Baltimore needs this game. Sure. And they're and they're no dummies. They're looking ahead and they're like, this is going to be a really hard game to win with Cleveland off the bye in two weeks. So we better get the first one. And the Ravens strong against the run, sixth in DVOA, which is what you need against this Cleveland team. You need to be able to stop the run. And the Ravens won last week without Lamar, which is huge. Lamar basically got a mini bye week. Like if you've got a running quarterback and you can rest him for a week, and you still get a win, boy, that's really, really nice for you, I, still I think. He's showing up in the injury reports with the illness, so, you know. So here's the thing. If it's not COVID, which if it was COVID, we'd know. Like, it, it, would, it, would, it would already be out. It's an illness. Like, what, what could, like, what's he got? Hepatitis? Like, what, what could it be that's holding him down for two weeks? I do not have a PhD. I am not going to, like, speculate whether he has some digestive disorder, some um, – um, nefarious um, disease that you might pick up when from interactions with other people. I'm not going to speculate. All right. Well, listen, if Lamar doesn't play, then that's probably, I'll probably have to try to do some kind of a buyback. I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to play, but I, I do. Mean, I assume he's going to play. I, and I the think number he'll be says, assumes that he's going to yeah. play. The bottom line is if you want to bet Cleveland for God's sakes, don't bet them this game, bet them in two weeks when they have the mother of all spots and they can tape Baker back together and he can get two weeks to rest up and actually be able to play a capable game. And Chubb will be back to a hundred percent in the last six games. The Browns have scored more than 17 points one time. Uh-huh. The, their offense is not good. And if you say, oh, the Ravens, the, the one thing they do really well defensively is slow down the run, the Browns' offense is going to be worse. Uh, I, I just have a hard time seeing – and I, I don't know what the weather is going to be like. This may end up being an under game. I'll, I'll have to check that. But I, I, because I don't, I don't think that Lamar is going to be, you know – a hundred percent. And the teams know each other well, 46 and a half. Um, we're still sitting at three and a half. I talked about, um, and it's RJ's term, asymmetric risk. I never lay three and a half until two minutes before the game kicks off. Because you might get a three. Because I might get a three. Just never know. There Where's might- the market going on that, McKenzie? Can you check? Yeah, it's been ticking down from four since yesterday. Okay, so maybe you will see a three. So all you need is like some some non-factor guy that shouldn't move the needle at all like um, a Bateman or a Mark Andrews or somebody like that to get reported out 
and that might be just enough to move the needle to where threes start ticking up when he really shouldn't move it at all on on or off a three. So I will wait. Um, Baltimore minus three would certainly be a best bet. All right, let's look at the rest of the games. The Tennessee Titans, this number just wows me. The Titans plus six and a half at the Patriots. That is a lot of respect being given to the Patriots or a lot of disrespect to the Titans. What is it? Both. It's both. You know, and my power ratings make it five and a half, but the more I think about it, the more I think New England's a good number. I got New England four points better than an average team. That's a real rock-solid number, I think. You know, I've got the Titans half a point better than an average team, and I think that's a bad number. The more I think about that, without Julio Jones, without uh, Henry, without A.J. Brown playing, if this if the season started and they played an average schedule, would what would I put the Tennessee Titans over under at? I'd put it at like seven. I mean, I know they mass. I know they won the five games against the Super Bowl contending teams and all, but it's that's all in the past. I mean, the bottom line is the Tennessee Titans were supposed to win nine games this year, nine and a half games against an easy schedule, and now they've lost three of their most important guys. So I want no part bet in the Tennessee. As Titans. of 45 minutes ago, A.J. Brown did not practice today. He's dealing with that chest injury. Um, obviously, there's still we're early in the week, so he could practice Thursday or Friday. But right now, when we're recording, did not participate on Wednesday. If he doesn't participate, I, I don't even know where they're what what weapons they've got, what they're going to roll with. But what I will say is this: we've seen this a lot of times this year where you think, man, it was the Browns against Cleveland. The Browns had no one. Baker was out. Chubb was out. Hunt was out. Uh, it was like, uh, who, who are Jarvis Landry out? Mm-hmm. Who are they going to get the ball to? How could they possibly? And then this they, guy we've never heard of before goes for buck four. Then they beat him outright. So yes. I don't anticipate. I mean, the Patriots are a good team. The Bra- the Broncos, I don't think are. Uh, but I, I feel like the it just almost feels too easy. You know what I mean? Like, well, they don't have any players. How could they possibly score? Well, the NFL it teams has, find it, a way. Well, it has been real easy, though, for the Patriots the last three games. I'm going to ask Brad this question because he, I think I'm going to predict he gets it almost exactly right. On average, Brad, the last three games, how many points has the New England defense been giving up? Uh, I'll go with 14. Four. Oof. Four. They get. They gave a. I. I reason I, I said you'd get it right is because you had an outrageously low answer to the Jacksonville question, and, <laughs> and that so, made me adjust on this time. Uh, so. Yes, the outrageously low answer was correct. You're six against Carolina, seven against Cleveland, bagel donut, None. Atlanta Falcons. You know what? It's hard to give up four points. They're giving up one point per quarter over the last twelve quarters. No, thank you. Um, defense used to win championships, and you know what? I think defense can shut down this tennis. So you've got one team that ca- that has all their playmakers hurt and another team that doesn't give up any points. Uh, I think the Titan team total under, which would be, uh, let's see here, somewhere around 19, under 18. Anything north of 17 certainly looks good to go under. Okay. Uh, let's move to the Houston Texans minus two and a half hosting the Jets. Uh, yeah, hosting the Jets. I don't have much at all in this game. The, the the Sharps took the three on the Jets. When you have two teams that are absolutely atrocious, 
it's rarely wrong to take the plus three. That, that I think that was a strong move. Yeah, I, uh, this number I would lean the Texans. I, I think that the the fact that they they decided that Wilson's going to play now that Flacco and Mike White have COVID is kind of telling about what the Jets think of of Zach Wilson. Like, who's, the, who's the backup quarterback now for the Jets? I don't know is who it, it'll be this week. It's a, is it? Um, I'm trying to think who. I think it's the guy that, that um, he, he it's their, their third stringer. I think they put him on the practice squad. Now they bring him back. If you guys could, look. oh, he uh, he started a game. Um, yeah, he started the game after after Mike White. Who was that? I forget who it was. If you guys can look up who the backup quarterback's going to be for the Jets. I don't think it matters. But Wilson's going to play the whole game. What we saw last week again, and the, the, his first game back from injury, Tyrod Taylor looked awful. Last week he looked pretty good. If you missed it. He had two touchdown run, runs, and, and what, here's what I love. Unlike um, McKenzie's um, love child, Trey Lance, who um, you know took on a linebacker <laughs> again at Arizona and is still trying to get that last inch to, well, okay, he got it, but enough that the refs would give him the touchdown. Um, Taylor, he went, uh, he escalated high, so he goes over the defender, touchdown. Very next play, how savvy is this? The defender goes a little bit higher, tucks the ball in right low on the pylon, very crafty veteran move by Tyrod Taylor, and that's what I like in a quarterback. He's willing to win by using his wheels. Yeah, and he's certainly willing to do that. And speaking of wheels, the Jets are going to be without some Michael Carter, their running back. He's on the IR, and he's been a beast. You know, he's well, especially with Mike White, we've talked about great chemistry, reception yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Taylor looks like he's a massive upgrade at quarterback, with the exception of that first game back from injury. And he's covering up a lot of flaws. They have plenty of flaws, trust me. The Texans roster is the worst roster in the league. Tyrod Taylor's good enough that he's kind of covering up some of those things. Um, RJ brought up, if if anybody's done with this season, I think he brought this up last week when we were talking about the Dolphins. If anybody's done with this season and ready to just start looking ahead, it's probably the Jets. Like, if if a team's Uh gotten there, it would be the Jets. This feels like... The Jets being 0-4 on the road, they've been outscored by 22 points per game in those four games. This is a winnable game for the Texans. There's not many of them. You're starting to sweat. You're under four bet on the Texans. I can feel it. Four and a half. I go out. All right. Yeah, I'm good. I got in early on that, baby. It's going to land four after they win this game. (laughs) I was in early on that, baby. All right. Let's go. uh, The Philadelphia Eagles. Minus three and a half at the New York Giants. So you have to explain this one to me. So the Giants fire Garrett. Yes. You know, aren't you supposed to fire your coach before your bye week, not on your short week on Thanksgiving week? Well, Some... he's just a coordinator. Yes. Um, Listen, now... the Giants got upgraded two points as soon as they fired Jason Garrett, in my mind. It's Freddie. Kitch- <laughs> it's Freddie Kitchens has taken over. Oh, right? shit. Downgrade him two points. That's so, the, okay, there you go. That's the same Freddie Kitchens that had all that talent and couldn't you, you yeah. do anything with it, right? Uh, so, my goodness. Um, I think that that's a, a big negative. You know, one thing we talk about, how did Philly get so good? And my theory is that, oh, they figured out they're just going to run the Oklahoma offense. And NFL teams are not um, well-versed at stopping college football offenses but um, they don't have a quarterback that can run it, but Hurts obviously can. Four straight games that they've run for 170. Um, I don't want to step in front of Philly. The wise guys bet them every week, and they've, other than the one game that I bet on Philly against the Raiders where they failed, Philly is a team that's, um, they think they can make the playoffs now. Yeah, I, I think this number tells you there's no more discounts on the Eagles. 
Uh, there, there was for a while, and like you said, the number was getting bet up as the week went on. I, I don't think this is going to get bet up much, but I, th- I think the the Eagles are the side here. Um, I'll tell you this about Daniel Jones: watching that game Monday night, it felt like every pass he threw got tipped. I'm not like I'm not exaggerating. It felt like every time the ball came out of his hand. It either touched a lineman or the defender touched it. Like it was just almost impossible for him to get a clean pass off. And you got to wonder if Barkley's ever going to be healthy for this team. He only got six carries in that game. He wasn't. Well, even... why run against the Bucks? I yeah. mean, you're not going to succeed anyway. And he wasn't even in the game um, in the fourth quarter. You know? Neither was Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Who I had the uh, the my prop bet was over 44 and a half yards for him. He got to 39 and then just. They took him out of the game. What'd you say? It was a hamstring, McKenzie? Yep. So ten and three goes to ten and four now. They've got a For eleven and four, sir. Eleven and eleven four. and four. Yeah. That'll pay the bills. It will. So he's uh, it, he, the the Giants' weapons are all banged up. Daniel Jones isn't good enough to cover it up. I, I think that. I, I think the and the, here's the other thing: the Eagles have a pass rush. The Giants can't protect Daniel Jones. Like, well, well, the good news is that the loyal fans in New York are are very good at backing teams that are underperforming. They're so loyal right. they'll continue to cheer. No, they're no. not at all. It's going to be a bunch of Eagles fans. E A G L E S Eagles. The 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 Giants thirtieth in DVOA against the run. That's bad when you're facing this team. I, That's a great point, you know. But but it's not like we can like. Do we bet Hurts over for rush yards? It's going to be some sky high number, right? Here's what I don't like about that: the Eagles, like their team rushing yards, have been high. They're spreading it around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, they've got three running backs who, like, if one of them, if, if all three of them ran for 50 yards, it wouldn't shock. You no, know, screw that. What's up, guys? Can you look up the the pass yards for Hertz? It's probably, I'm guessing, high like 180. I want to play Hertz under for pass. I think yards. that's that's probably the best move because I think they're gonna the the game script. I think they're gonna have the lead and they're just gonna pound the rock and and so I I think I'm gonna like that. So while we look that up, maybe we'll uh, go to the next game. Let's do Carolina minus two and a half at the Dolphins. You know, Rule said Cam was excellent when he was describing his quarterback. He was in the first quarter. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I gotta I gotta be worried about everything was like. The, the stadium was rocking. Everyone was so excited in that Washington game, and then they fail. Um, but the bottom line is there's the urgency. There's five and six. The season's slipping away from you. If you lose this game, you win this game. You're right back in playoff contention. Rule is a good coach, and because of that, if I had to bet this game, I could only look to Carolina. I kind of like the Dolphins here. Um, the Dolphins on this three-game win streak, there's – I don't think it's a coincidence. They've opened up the offense more. Zero plays of 50 yards or more in their one and seven start. Zero, which is almost hard. It's hard to do that, like yeah. to not just break one big play. Since then, they've hit three, which is the most in the NFL. Heck, Western Michigan got one with their backup quarterback <laughs> yes. in the first quarter last night. So what, what they've been doing is, uh, I mean, it's not like two has been way different. He's still dinking and dunking. But instead of dinking and dunking all game, he's lulled defenses to sleep and then taken the big shot. You know, we were unfair to Tua saying, you know, we we wondered whether he should even start. And clearly he's he's the choice, you know, to be. The oh, yeah, yeah. And he one of the pat, and everybody talks about his arm. He can't throw it. 
he had uh, a pass last week that was like 52.4 air yards. I mean, he he chucked it. And, I mean, I, I, does he have – is he Matt Stafford? No. I mean, but – the, the guy, it's not like the guy can't throw the football. That might be more yards than Hertz gets the entire second half. Did we get a chance to look up Hertz pass yards? <laughs> not currently up. Mm-hmm. I did look at his average uh, props over his last one, two, three, four, five, six games. Average at 250. His season long average is only 210. So he's been consistently going under his number. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. The average prop they've posted for him was 250. His average total has been 210. Okay. And he is. So the odds makers are not adjusting fast enough to, for the Eagles' propensity to do nothing but run the ball because that what, – I mean, I can't imagine they're going to put anything close to 200. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm still – Also, just to just to add a little more context to it, hasn't gone over 200 yards but three times this year, and the last time was week seven. Okay. Well, yes. And who did they play in week seven? That was the Raiders. And they lost that game, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so game script. and like, So here's the deal. If you, if you think the, the Eagles are going to win, which I think we both do, game script says the Eagles don't have to throw the ball. They're and, not going and, to throw the ball. And by the way, as far as game script, you know, one thing that a lot of the East Coast books have been really emphasizing is these same game parlays. Oh, it's great. You know, you can put all these parlays yeah. together, but they don't pay the – Based mathematically, based on the true odds, they just pay whatever they want to pay you. You know, pricing in severe correlations. Um, I know of a bunch of guys that are beating the hell out of the East Coast books. They're not doing it playing same game parlays. So maybe they're just not smart enough to take advantage of it. Or maybe there's a reason Jersey's holding 10% against the sports bettors because they're short paying you to such great extent. In general, avoid the same game parlays. Uh, one last note on the Dolphins in, in that win streak 80 yards per game rushing allowed and if you go back to the last six it's under 90 yards per game so if they can limit the Panthers running game and make Cam beat them with their arm I like their chances so I, I think I I, I kind of do like the Dolphins here mm-hmm. uh, let's go next to Denver yeah that's it the Chargers minus two and a half at Denver I forgot we already done Pittsburgh you know what's interesting about the Chargers I was thinking to myself uh, you know Denver had a bye and there should be a lot of rest for Denver. But, you know, the Chargers, it's not such a bad scheduling spot in that it's only the Chargers' third road trip since October 1st. And the Chargers had a bye week, week seven. So they've had enough rest that it shouldn't be a big deal. You know, Denver's offensive coordinator, Shermer, was out last game. So Shula called the plays instead. So maybe that had something that that was part of the reason that Denver was so bad in their last game. But um, if you watch Herbert, I could make the case Herbert might be the best quarterback by the end of the year. You know, the, he is – when he's on, he is ultra impressive. Second in QBR, third in PFF. Wow. The only guy who's also in the top five is Brady. Um, both. I don't want to step in front of that, and I don't want – and I think the Denver team is still slightly overrated because of the no-show Dallas probably went to Cabo on their bye week and showed up late for practice when they finally came back. They 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 were not ready to play in that in that Denver. Game. So what was the preseason perception of the Broncos? Why why did everyone love the Broncos so much as like the weeks leading up to the season starting? I think they were so injured the the previous year there was a lot of optimism that Cortland Sutton was going to return as a top-notch wide receiver he was out last year and that didn't materialize at all so the feeling was like with Hamler and with um and Judy that they had that they would when we were discussing you know NFL elite 
wide receiver group trios, that they would have a grouping like that. That did not materialize at all. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been a little bit worse, I think, than what we expected. And the defense, the feeling was with Von Miller and others, that that defense healthier would 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 rise up. Instead, they've had seven core guys um in in the line and linebacking cores be injured the assumption was that the denver defense was going to be top five top ten right Mm -hmm. it's i mean it's average if you're being if you're being generous it's average it just got derailed by injuries and if your defense is average having and again i think i'm being generous when i say average having teddy bridgewater at quarterback isn't good enough Mm -hmm. and i think that we're starting to see the wheels kind of fall off of that thing um I think that what you mentioned about Herbert being maybe the bet, like he ran for 90 yards last week on what nine carries. Like he, he was willing to take off. I don't know. I don't know that I even knew that was really in his arsenal. So the guy is becoming a special player. The other thing, the chargers D has been more committed to stopping the run the last couple of weeks. They got embarrassed by new England. They got embarrassed by Philly and the Vikes and Steelers were both held under 80 yards per game. Mm. So they, they've it, their philosophy was always, hey, we're going to let you run, we're going to let you run. I think they're seeing it. We can't do that. So they, they've made more of a commitment to slowing down the run. I, I like the Chargers here too. Chargers minus two and a half would be the, the only way I could look. Sure feels like it could go up to three, and can't, I don't think it can be wrong laying two and a half right now. I made and, the game three. And final game that we will look at, the Monday night football game, the football team minus one against the Seahawks. So Seattle's top two cornerbacks went out uh, last game, and I think that Trey Brown right is um, questionable for this game. I don't know if he's their best cornerback for them. Um, but I know that if the defense is banged up, Wilson's not right. Uh, zero points against Green Bay, only 13 against Arizona. Um, QBR 11 and 22 for Russell Wilson. So if I have an injured defense, I have a, a not very good defense that has injuries in the secondary, cluster injuries, and I've got an elite quarterback that's playing like a below-average quarterback. Wait, you said he's 11th ranked and 22nd ranked? That's not so bad, I don't think. No, that's QBR. Oh, out of 100? It's out of oh, yeah. That's not very good. Yeah, yeah. so so eleven's like Ryan Leaf type of <laughs> t- t- type of numbers, and I think this is the first time in Russell Wilson's career he lost the game. He got injured, and they lost two more. You know, um, since he came back, so he's zero and three. That's never happened his entire career. They losing lost, three straight. Lost three straight. And Washington, there's a newfound excitement in Washington, and the feeling that they can help you know save their season with the upset win. I could only look towards the Washington football team. I'm the same way. I, I don't know what's wrong with the Seattle team. I think, I mean, I, I I do know they can't run the football, and Russ is not good enough to carry them anymore. Mm-hmm. And their defense is so so uh, and banged up. So I, I'm with you. The fo- the football team's been playing better defense too, and that's boy, like everybody thought coming into this year. Their defense was going to be it, basically carry them, and then the first six seven weeks of the season was like. This defense, this was the defense that was so ballyhooed. Now they're look. I mean, they lose Chase Young for the season, which is a bummer. They're stopping the run. They're 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 turning into. They're never going to be what we thought they could be preseason, but they're turning into a respectable unit, which they weren't for a while. So I'm with you. The only the only way I could look here is the football team. The whole circadia um, rhythms time clock thing has been working well. 
I'm sorry I don't have the exact numbers on it, but whenever there's a Monday night game that, and I get a West Coast team, I always say, you know what, if you're going to bet Washington, I think bet Washington first half for at least half your bet. And if for whatever reason you decide to bet on Seattle, I think I would bet Seattle second. See, I, w- I would think Monday night those that would be less of an issue because like you've got more prep time, so it's not like you're uh, like the travel. If, it would seem like the travel would be less effective for you. Um, it's but it's not, not the travel. Right? Yeah, it's not the travel. It, it's the start time. So it it would be like we talk about Brady playing late at night. Right. It's you know it's the same thing. It's like almost like as an MMA fighter, like let's say you had all your fights during the day and then you have a, a fight at night. You know, now your whole routine is different in terms of well, when, when you eat, right? Yep. right? In, in fact, let me ask you, like as, as a fighter, if, if we have two minutes, if I have a fight like at, um, that's, that, 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 this actually, if it was in the, during the day, when most football games are during the day, what type of meal would you have before the fight? Would you eat like four hours before? What's uh, optimal? Yeah, probably four, six hours before. Like I, I, I would wake up and I would eat some uh, some fruit and some oatmeal. Uh-huh. And then I would have like maybe a grilled chicken breast or something like that. Because I've like after weigh-ins the night before is when I would eat my big meal, which would be a lot of pasta, sure. a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, chicken or shrimp. I wouldn't eat red meat because it kind of weighs you down. Uh-huh. But um. I, and that's what I would – so I'd put all my weight back on the night before, and then I would just try to eat just something to keep my body working, like keep keep me in some sort – like my, my metabolism moving. And we talk about Cousins not being good whenever he doesn't get that, you know, that consistent start time. And I think the same thing's true. It, it disrupts your whole, you know, rhythm. Yeah. Now you can't have your oatmeal when you – um, you know, late in the morning before before your day game. Now you got to adjust everything. And I think some players – um, react better to it, and obviously it's a bigger adjustment for the um, for the East Coast team when they it doesn't kick off until you know eight fifteen, eight seventeen. So can you just enumerate the basic strategy? So when traveling west, who do we bet against? When when traveling east, the travel does not matter. You yeah, bet you bet the, the night, east. The you bet if it's a late game, you bet the East Coast team in the first half, and you bet the West Coast team in the second half. Uh, they just posted on the screen. Alvin Kamara ruled out for tomorrow night against Buffalo, which means. No tackles, no receivers, backup quarterback. What's – I mean, the number's still I, – I, McKenzie, has the, the number moved? Are we still looking at six? What's the total sitting at right now? 46-and-a-half the last I saw And it. for those who missed the earlier pod, we uh, I discussed how I played this game. I laid minus five. I laid, like, minus 222 on the money line, not because I like Buffalo, but because the I expected Kamara to be out. Now you'll certainly see a seven on the other side. And now, and I said I expected to see seven right before post, especially Thanksgiving. You know, the, the lesson of a week like this, and this happens in the holidays too, you just see, like, some – crazy good numbers this happens on christmas also happens on new year's that um there are no there are so few pros that are still working we're working but so many people are like taking the day off um that there's not enough pro money to balance the public money that's going to be undoubtedly betting the story and the story is that the saints are decimated all right, McKenzie just sent in the the line is still a flat six 45 and a half is the total Remember, everyone's betting college basketball right now. There's there's a zillion games going on in Maui, relocated to Vegas, and you know in the Alamo bowls of or domes or whatever you call them, and um, and so the betters are distracted. So a lot of times the news comes in on the NFL, and what would normally before college basketball season create an instant line move, oftentimes becomes a delayed line move because people are so distracted betting other sports. Team total here 
for the Saints, 20 and a half. I, where do they come up with 20 and a half points with with nobody on offense? You know, I'd love to play first half under 10 and a half. So Ooh, red could... on the screen, by the way, guys, Circa bumps to six and a half just as we talk. Yeah. So, you know, the team total for the first half, nine and a half Saints. Got to get 10. Okay. okay. Yeah, nine. Got to get 10. Saints have been very low scoring first half versus the game. Though that game hurt my feelings last week. The game went over in the first half. Also yeah. went over. Yep. All right. That will do it for another dream preview. Appreciate you coming in, Steve, and uh, doing a second one for the people out there on Thanksgiving. Hope everyone has a great holiday. Thank you, McKenzie. Thank you, Brad. We will talk to you guys next week. Steve Fezzik, your best bet on Thursday games or the weekend. It's your call. Best bet of the week. Indianapolis Colts plus 2.6 hosting Tampa Bay. <laughs> I We have a crossfire on this game. I've got my, and here's what we're doing. We're doing um, three picks on the non-Thursday and one pick on the Thursday. So this is your three-way, which is your top, let's just say your top pick. This is my middle. Let's call it middle. That's the way we do this one. Top, we might want to do that all along. Top, middle, bottom. Sure. Okay. All right. This is your top. This is my middle. Go. Let me make my case for how good the Colts are. So they all they start 0-3. O-line issues across the board. Wentz was playing injured. Team was bad. And they looked at Their stats were bad. And then after those three games, I can make the case the Colts have been as good as any team in the NFL. They're six and two since that bad start. They have it. Hold on. They're six and two since the bad start. Yeah, but the bad start is explainable because of all the injuries. They could be eight and zero, RJ. That six and two. What are the two losses? Well, they led Baltimore by sixteen at Baltimore late in the game. Somehow they lost that game, and they lost an overtime game against the Tennessee Titans. All six wins clean. Easy wins. This team is absolutely Wait, clicking. they beat Jacksonville by six? Six. Yeah. Is that the easy one? That was the that was the closest they came to losing of the six. Okay. The, uh, the other ones, I think they won all of them by double digits. Okay. And the Jacksonville game, you're right. Jacksonville did have the ball, so they had a chance. But for most but, of that but game. Let's just say an impressive run. But let's say this. If you've got to um, partition off the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and then you're six and two, you're not one of the best teams in the NFL. You might be clear second, te- you know, like in that second group, but Arizona doesn't have to partition. They lost their quarterback for two games. There were injuries. They weren't crying. Or three games. They go two and one. So We should also take into account in the, the six games that they won include Dolphins, Texans, Jets, Jags. Is that the four worst teams in football? Not the four worst non-Lions teams so in football. the other wins? The Bills and the Niners. Good okay. wins. That's San Francisco? Yeah, that's good. That, San Francisco was, uh, let's just say this, I saw that. I was a Sunday night game, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think the 49ers lost that game or did the Colts win that game? Oh. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Yes, but, but what I'm saying is, so, let, let's see if we agree with the following. When you have to dream on something, it seems like we go further out of our way for that than when it's a, like, if we look at a team that's not, if you had Arizona, you've been looking to fade. Yes. So think about it. They're actually winning, and you're saying, I'm going to squint my eyes and find a way that I can figure they're not near as good as they are. Been betting against them in one and two the last three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Now, good admission. Now we look at the Colts, and somehow it's like, how can I get them from being an average, slightly above average team to be one of the best? And now you're giving them every break. You Why know, do we do that? Well, let me tell you. I, I bet the Colts before the season started, all right? 
I got them under 10 wins, under 9.5 wins. So you bet unders. Okay. I bet under. So I'm biased. I'm, I want the Colts to lose. And so I, I watch Colts games more closely than other teams. And everything I see, I'm like, oh, my God, this team just keeps getting better each and every week. Jonathan Taylor is, like, playing like the best running back in the league. Carson Wentz. You is, didn't even have the Colts plus seven last week. I know. What was that about? Vito gave me some bad information. <laughs> <laughs> Said the matchup was terrible for their defense against uh, Josh Allen, who's still the number two pick. Except they just to played win the, the MVP. They, they just played the year before in 27, the playoffs. 27-24, and the Colts played them even. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So well, they and I can make the, the case, matchup. You know, I can make the case that that win the Colts Maybe just had Vito's last week. Maybe Vito's with you. Yeah, he might have given me the, the, the head fake on that one. The um, How would that, that close? Right at seven, seven, right? Close, yeah, right? Actually, no, 6.8. 6.8. Well, see, that's interesting. Plus seven late Because I was going to play the Colts on the Super Contest. No, on the fifth straight winning week. But at this point, just mm -hmm. assume. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> How are you doing on the Super Contest, RJ, on the you tangent? Know pretty well. Now, I will say this. It deserves repeating. Steve, you're kicking butt in, what? what is it, the Circuit Millions? Yes. What's it, real quick, I mean, 12 seconds. What's the story? I'm 34, 20, and 1, 14 games above 500. Seconds. All right, let's stop there. Now, we partner on the $5,000 Super Contest. You send me, I take the responsibility. You send me the picks. I look at your top two seriously. It's like, I, I can't even go. It's like they're like the, you know how the Pope, there's a concept in the Catholic Church. It's called infa infallibility. It's that the Pope can't be wrong. I if like he, that. Can I be the Pope? If he said, well, a lot of people want to watch for the smoke. Is if he says it, it means the rules changed. Like if he says, hey, contraception's okay, contraception's okay, because he can't be mistaken. Okay. <laughs> That's how I look at your top two picks. And I think, the guy won two super. I mean, two, two. You know, I I don't like Faden. You're right. Like I actually liked. Uh, I forget who Baltimore played. Uh, the Bears. I liked. Now this that wasn't going to be an easy game. I liked them a little bit, but when I saw you had Baltimore, you had Baltimore, right? No. You had Baltimore, or did you have the Bears? I had the Bears. Someone else had Baltimore, but they, they were it a veto person too. The Hitman had Baltimore. Yeah, but it wasn't him. But the point was, was I'd rather like I'll tell you, I Sorry, love. Yeah, I, well, listen, he gives a lot of love too. I love, love, loved Minnesota. But there was the guys on the PFF on the batting pod that only pick one game a week. I listened to it, and it's like these guys do pretty well. One game, you know, it's usually props. Mm -hmm. You usually don't get like an actual sign. I'm like, oh, I can't bet again. You know, so to me, and they were on Green Bay. Yeah. Yep. And and to me, it was like, <sighs> I guess I just I, I guess the short answer is I show you a ton of respect on your top two. Do you happen to know, Mackenzie, how he's done on those top two during my five-week win streak? Three winners, seven losers over the last five weeks. Does it that seems two? high. That doesn't seem possible because I believe you're 16 and 9. That's what I'm saying. So if we did the math, and we did this before. Was it 13 and 2? I lost my paper. <laughs> what was it, 13 and 2? That's right. How, do someone, how does someone do that, Steve? How do I go 13 and 2 and somehow I'm still only picking up one? I picked up how many games? Six games. That's it. That's pretty damn impressive. I know. AJ, what do you think? I think that Steve's top two are typically. 
the two losing? biggest line shifts and that no he no 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 cleveland wasn't a line shift he was ahead of the line shift right it was pretty much marketed it might have been a half point mm -hmm. above right but yeah. was that veto that was veto so he was right at least on the move now do you leave that game you, there's a lot of debates about closing line value we'll just do 60 seconds you talking about it when you lose a game like that when clearly it wasn't the right side but the line closed what 14? 14 late 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 right before mm -hmm. kick right how do you feel about that you hate losing but how do you feel about I it? i feel fine as long as the game's scalpable i always say it's one thing to have a half point of value big yeah. deal doesn't matter but when you're laying 11 and a half well, it matters running, you'd rather that than my, right, yeah. right so if we laid 13 in the contest and it closed 14 and it was clearly the wrong side i'd feel bad but we laid 11 and a half if you lay 11 and a half on a game that's going to close 14, you are going to do just fine in the long run. Because 14's a key number. 13's a pretty good number. Yeah. And if, yeah, okay. I do. You know what's funny? If you would have, so what would you have expected to go in those games? Five times two, like six and four, right? Yes. Especially because you have half of them are like two Had and a half, God three point line. Freaking San Francisco plus two and a half, and they close minus five. So three more wins I would have had. I had the Eagles plus three against We're the Raiders. We're talking about me right now. Think okay. about No, I want to talk about me. <laughs> Eagles plus three. No way, really? It was plus three. And think about what's the one team that's kicked ass the he last month. He never screams like that. Why are you screaming? The Eagles have kicked ass the last month, but yet somehow, and the Raiders have sucked, and yet somehow when I get three points of CLV with the Eagles, they lose to the Raiders. All I know is... You, if you if you weren't taking anyone's advice, there's no way the Browns would have been on the card. No. There's no way in a weather game that you would have had an 11 and a half point favorite. But I'm perverse. Card. If I know it's sharp, because Steve's giving it to me, I want to lay 11 because I want I I want to bug. I hate these robotic. Like two and a half point to eight and a half point but teaser you've, players. You've laughed me off the fucking pod before with. Yeah, because I don't – I mean, as much as I feel like I'm a really good NFL handicapper, I don't have total insight. The market collectively has total insight. So if Vito tells Fez, hypothetically, that this, this line's going to the moon, that means there's people that have enough money to have comprehensive insight. Right? We got to benefit from the market plus our insight plus our network. Yes. They, they got enough – where they feel like they know everything about this game. And like, look, look at the way the Eagles have been bad. They feel yeah. like they know everything about these games. They're going to lose some, they're going to win some, but they're going to win enough to make money typically. So when Fez gives me the okay, and remember, any pick that you would have never made that makes your card is in replacement of your fifth pick. And do I really think some steam move that is going to happen? And I don't think when you give a game that you think is going to steam, it steams almost. I mean, it might be once or twice a year it doesn't steam, right? Yeah. When it's one you get prior word on. Exactly right. So, yeah, go ahead. What, what were you, so Browns and Seahawks were the two that Steve gave you this week. The Seahawks moved so much, it's hard, it's hard to blame yeah, but those games by themselves, I don't think of one one time. And That's it's funny because you probably are about break even on your own picks oh, during that. Those the uh, only one that won was was Carolina plus ten that closed seven, which I didn't even. But but you didn't have. Oh, okay. That was the only one. You know what you need to do. When when it's a veto play, just put veto beside it because I'm gonna because again you got listen I mm. not that you do really well. I mean history says. 
And I mean, every pick's documented, like by an independent party, not just our system. Um, I, but sometimes you get something up your little, you know, whatever, and you got some angle that some team's gonna be checking their mail or whatever. And I don't, I just bl plain don't agree with it. So I didn't, you know, if I would have known that, I did close, but it wasn't. But it was because of the injury. Wasn't the quarterback out that game? Was yeah. that the first one? Yeah, Mer, Mer, did did it, Vito what, know that he was going to be out? What's interesting, Vito let me know, and then like an hour and a half later, Schefter and, and company start reporting. Oh, Murray's. But when was this? The this Saturday, Saturday night. night at about so you don't eight, you nine, don't eight, add into PM. the note. That's pretty dumb, isn't it? Yes. All right. So Vito gets added in now, right? Yes. W what were the two games if if you uh, hadn't had Browns and Seahawks? You know why I disagree with what he said earlier, Steve. He said uh, Buffalo. Maybe it did. I'm not saying it didn't close at six eight, six point eight, but it was at uh, seven point two when I put the yes. pieces in. Yes, it was. That's why I stayed off the Colts. I'm like, if people was betting Buffalo here, because mm -hmm. the Colts started to feel like a square sharp play. It was like everyone's like, well, the Colts aren't bad. They're getting a touchdown. Strength of schedule wasn't real good. Like, I heard that a lot on Buffalo. So I started wondering about it. Right? I had in my notes, grab back the plus seven and a half at post, and then I was shocked. It was hard to find seven. It was hard. But that's the thing. Art, we got to have it in. And McKenzie, listen, we give him a little heat. He, uh, I mean, it's justified. But he is there. At, like I, I put it in a couple times, 1148. Mm-hmm. And he starts sending SOS messages and stuff, but still, I mean, but we probably have won a couple games because he's let me, like, take all the info sure. in at the end. But we didn't, yeah, yeah, okay. But I would have had that. Well, who knows if it would have lost a, win a loser or a winner could have went, I don't know what, I would have pushed off the card. But it was going to be the Colts, and I liked the Bengals last week. So, but I, I mean, I had enough games I liked, right? So what was the other loser? That, it was Browns and Seahawks. That was it, huh? So I was undefeated. Dolphins, so my football team, was Texans. 13 and 2. Yes. Have you ever been in the same room as someone that went 13 and 2 in the NFL in the biggest contest in the world? Well, I, yes, I have. Well, before this. No. Mackenzie, where are we at now? Are we back to 500? <laughs> we are 27 and 27, 500. What? Hey, listen, that was a fast mother effing comeback. If we win the rest every week, the rest of the way, we're going to win it. I bet. What, now, we were talking about how many games we were back, and it was like nine two weeks ago, right? Something like that? Right, yeah. What, what's the story now? I hope. One sec. If someone's gone like 15 and 0, I'm going to. You know, that's the nice thing about this, the 5,000. There's just not that relentless number of people. You mentioned something about that millions uh, contest at Circa. There, there was something about you were using something I mentioned. We didn't even talk. You There's were, a difference in the, the when you have to submit your picks. The Circa cutoffs 3 p.m. on Saturday. Mm -hmm. the, the Westgate is midnight. That's now normally. That's let me see. That's nine hours, I think. In prior years, those nine hours didn't matter. I've never seen a year where there's been, you talk about putting the plays in late, and this has hurt us, I think, that there's been so much movement and information that's come out quarterback-related on Saturday afternoon. Well, that's a big advantage. Saturday night. Well, in the long run, but it's been a disadvantage. If you're putting in your picks at midnight, Trust system. you're getting stuck with the Seattles Hashtag. and the like. <laughs> Hashtag but Seattle. But you'd bet that same pick tomorrow. or that say, If the same thing happens Saturday. Hashtag San Francisco against Arizona. Exactly. But you'll put, but you'll put Vito next yep, to it. I will. Do you think there's a way to use the Circa picks 
to gauge what we should do in the Super Contest? That's a great question. So you look at, at 4 p.m., the circuit picks become public an hour after, and you can see what everyone's so played. So everyone's pick, okay. And you can look at who the leaders have played. Now, that's one thing I haven't done See, yet. I don't like that because I think the, mostly the leaders are pure luck. Mm, I agree. Most. Now, there's Not exceptions. A, yeah. But the consensus certainly is going to, if the number's the same, on the Westgate contest as it, is, as it is on the Circa, you would expect the consensus to be pretty darn consistent. So what I would be inclined to do is if I see a disproportionate number of plays on a game that's one of my close games, I'm not playing it. Because you won't pick up any ground on I'm the majority. I'm figuring the Super Contest 5,000 group is going to be sharper, obviously, than that. Mm -hmm. you know, the masses. Well, the, the masses on top of the ma real masses, right? You know, because if you're putting a thousand in, you you kind of have some sense, maybe, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I want to fade that, but no, I don't want to fade. It. I don't want to play it if it's borderline. But if I love it, I'd play. If it was going to be your fourth or fifth yeah. pick, that might push yeah, it for off sure. The edge. I yeah. do. You agree with that? I do. I do. Well, that's kind of my question. Where we are in the standings now, and knowing we've got to make up ground, wouldn't it? Would you? What would you imagine? The Seahawks and Browns were on. Were they probably the two of the most popular picks this week? I would guess the Seahawks were on almost like every card. No, because some people still submit they proxies, so they submit like oh, a early. lot earlier before the news breaks. So maybe on maybe on half. Yeah, that's I because maybe that's a reason to leave them off. <clears throat> that's what we've done a lot, as you know, because we were. It's funny. Last year we weren't. We went nine and one the last two weeks, so we surged, but we weren't really in it. The first two years, I mean, we were tied for first, the the penultimate week, the week before the end of it. And then the last, the year before, I think we were four and a half games back, like entering the last week. So we could have won, you know. So we were always in it. But, but, but to me, it's way, right now I've got more equity in the fact, because entering this year, we, everyone that played at three years, we had the second best record in the world. So... I'm so proud of that because let's be honest, if you have the biggest contest in the world, public contest, mm -hmm. don't the best batters that any better that would ever play a contest that's a huge better is going to play a $5,000 one, you know, as part of it, right? Sure. It'd be like a poker player. Ah, no time for the no main, main event. event. Exactly. Nah. That's a great analogy. So I figure, yeah, I'm not saying every best handicapper in the world is player. I'm saying there's no reason they shouldn't. And since of all the ones that did, we are second. I want to. That to me is more important than like a one percent chance at it. Mm -hmm. Now, if it, I wonder where that line is, the contest page isn't loading, so we see where we are. But we've got what almost half a season. You think if we sixty percent? No, we don't win going sixty percent from here. But you're saying randomly, if we win every week, someone's going to be four and one. That will will average like seventy five percent. Yes. If we went four and one every week the rest of the way, I think that would we could still get well, there. I think we'd get there for sure. Like the winner of this thing's usually like like this five thousand is like sixty three, sixty four. Exactly. All right. So let me know when that comes up. Back to the Colts. Do you think maybe there's a chance that you're trying to drag this sucker through the pipe and that when you look at who's better, Arizona or the Colts? Arizona. But you're always trying to bet. Now, how much more do you think the market, because I'm looking at this line, and I got to be honest with you, Steve. This is saying the Colts are equal teams. Oh, wait a minute. 
Ho, ho, ho. Wait a minute. I think I screwed up here. Mackenzie, Tampa Bay is what here? Is this saying that they're two and a half point favorite? Laying two and a half. You know, it's Tuesday. <laughs> we're doing it 24 hours before. We I'm, I mean, do. but what I'm saying is I should have known that anyway. Hmm. All right. Let's say this. A plus two and a half. <laughs> I really like Tampa. You know what's funny? I guess I was kind of built into the whole Colts thing. Like, they have looked as good as anyone, right? And Tampa's beat up. They lost two of the last three. And the Colts were just laying, remember, three against Tennessee. So it's not unreasonable to think that they'd be laying potentially against a good team. I guess that's the question, though. Tennessee never got really bought by the public. But, Mackenzie, isn't it interesting what I was asking you to look up was Tom Brady is an underdog. Right. Right. And I said, look up. So what I'll say is this. Pretty dumb. <laughs> All right. So I'll admit it. McKenzie, you want to try to dog my pay? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm, I'm uh, above, my, above my pay grade. <laughs> I. St- what do you think? L- let the bet stand and then you can. Oh, repl- the bet's not standing. It's not standing? Why you push the button st- on him. Well, no, it was a cry. The button was perfunctory because of the cross. Listen, I was going to say the bet stands, but you can change your like you could change where like you can take Tampa off your your card. Huh? What card? What are you talking about? Your three, two, one card. You know, it's funny. He's got a little smirk on his face. He's somehow in the the murkiness of his mind. He's thinking, well, that means he will expose himself to another bet. No, this is just me thanking God that I'm not the one who uh, is out there. Out where? Like if 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 I would have pushed the button on Fez and I made that but mistake, I did, but you realize I didn't push the button. That this, we have a crossfire; it's an automatic push. Okay. So it's an auto bat. But I didn't choose. I it. don't recall hearing a button. No, oh, but we one hundred percent heard a button. No, when really? you were when you talk, Steve, you don't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> like we, were, we were Fez in the zone. I'm just like looking at the moose munch, yeah, and, no, and like I'm hypnotized like, with the munch. Like you know, what he never screams like this. I know. We we literally like, had a test. <laughs> Steve, talk as loud as you can. He did it. And so here's what I would say, Steve. You can keep doing that, but when you scream, just go off. Just turn your head a little. Like you're sneezing. Think you're sneezing. Okay. When you're screaming, is sneezing. How do you not do it there, though? Because you screaming at that mic like it's no one's business. This mic doesn't – it just doesn't react wow. the same way. So, Steve, how's this sound? We'll resolve the financial stuff <laughs> – I don't know. I couldn't even imagine. We're going to make so much on Notre Dame, it's not going to matter. Good. So it's no bat. But I got to be honest, I'm a little embarrassed. (sighs) But you know what? I could have tried to hide it. Instead, I took it like a man. You did. Go ahead. All right. Pure power ratings. I have these teams four points separate. I have Tampa as the best team in the NFL. The Colts are surging. I still have a four-point difference. Give the Colts a couple points for home field. Boom, we're down to two. We're catching two and a half. That doesn't seem like it's worthy of a bet, but I love the spot. Think about, I believe, I think it's Thanksgiving week, right? So Tampa Bay had to play Monday night, had a convincing win against the Giants team that Brady doesn't like, and now they have a short week. And I think this is unique to the Thanksgiving week. The last thing you want is a short week 
off of Monday night game during Thanksgiving week when everybody's going to be off Thursday and distracted as well. So now, essentially, every team. Are we sure teams are off Thursday? I got to believe No, that. I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain they're not. Really? Yeah, you, it's so funny when you do this. Ebenezer you think it's like, they are going to make them all practice like a normal Thursday on well, Thanksgiving? Well, the millions probably make it. You know, there's people at Kmart and Wal like every place in the world. Like at the Strip, when you, you, you said later in the part when we time shifted to it that you used to go down to what buffet? Rio. Who was working there? Who was working at the buffet? Yeah, on, on Thanksgiving. Well, the casino demands that their employees work. Okay. You don't think the guys that are getting paid millions of dollars, you don't think they that like their boss says, I demand you guys work on Thanksgiving? <laughs> I'm pretty darn sure, if anything, it's a light workout on Thursday and everyone's you out know, I agree with that. I mean, I don't know exactly how light, but mm -hmm. usually it's more of a walkthrough. They are going to get their time in. They probably lose a third of a day or something. You know, is my guess. Maybe they lose half a day. Well, Mackenzie, do you have any insight into this, or had you been kicked off Washington at this point when you were a ball boy? Only, only I guess that was during the off season. Yeah, right? only worked off seasons, but one hundred percent they are at the facility on Thursday. Everyone's there on th on Christmas. Yeah, they play road games on Christmas. You know, I, I think you were onto something though. I think it's fair to say there's a little inefficiency this week. And thus teams that are traveling. But that'd be interesting. How do road teams do Thanksgiving week? Not Thanksgiving Day, but that Sunday. Mm. I got a feeling they might do slightly poorly. So the perfect storm of Tampa traveling on the road. Uh -huh. and, and a short week. Short week. Then the Thanksgiving week. And now they're, and the Colts need the game. The Colts lost too many games early in the year. So here's How could such a great team lose games? Because they... I forgot the names of the linemen that were out. They, the, the, Sounds the, important. The no, the, he's, he's very important. And Quentin I, Nelson. Quentin Nelson had the broken foot. Remember the same as as Carson Wentz. And then Wentz came back and he had the ankle problems and he wasn't a hundred percent. There were a lot of reasons that the Colts team just wasn't any good to start the year, and we all knew and, it. And, and Arizona would have excuses for their losses, but somehow they didn't lose. What does that tell us? Yeah, but Arizona's the aberration. Most teams... But does that tell us... I mean, we'll get to it, but does that tell us they're just damn good? Probably. Yes. How could... Then what is preseason... All these prior talk. If we couldn't figure out that Arizona was going to be good, or no one could, they were fourth in that division, hmm? then what do we know? Because, I mean, if you aggregate... A.J. Green was not... I don't think I heard one person like that signing. Kyler hasn't... You could make the case he's improved in spots, but in aggregate, he hasn't really. Do you think it's been a big uptick from him? He's been better than expected, but not a huge uptick. No, he's certainly I, not in the MVP. Can't. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, AJ, what do you mean? How, how's Kyler? Forget the games he missed. How's he playing relative to last year? Before he got hurt, the, the first same. The same. So there's no uptick before, then. Yeah. So if we say Kyler's going to play like he did the first half of last year, we'd say great quarter or good, really good quarterback, but we wouldn't be surprised, right? Right. Hopkins has played worse. He's so what, what's happening? He's been hurt. Yeah, but what's happening Defense with this Defense got good. How, though? If we can't figure that out, how yeah. do we do anything in the offseason? Mm -hmm. What's your take on this game? My concern is that it's so difficult to run against Tampa, and if— Oh, uh, Vita Vea is out, right? Uh, well, he was out last week. I don't know if he'll be out Probably this week. Probably going to be out again. What, what, what's the – I mean, we're not guessing, right? What, you, well, it's Tuesday. We, Brad Bott, you want to look that up? Well, there's all kind of uh, beat reporters that are talking. Yeah. Hey, we'll find that. I'll continue. But if if they have a hard time running against Tampa, then you're counting on Carson Wentz, and I don't I don't necessarily love Make that. Make a good point. 
Yeah, but Carson Wentz is meant to hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. There's no doubt about but it. But so you think they're going to be effective running the ball against Tampa? I, no one's effective running the ball against Tampa. So that's my what? point. Yeah. And and the Bills, we, they I ran. I tell you this, Tampa two plus two and a half was a damn good bet. <laughs> it would have been. They, you know, you know, Washington Gibson did the running back did have a a, a, a capable game against that that Tampa run defense when they beat Tampa. And the Colts ran really well on Buffalo, but Buffalo was Buffalo missing. Sucks. They were missing their defensive tackle. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa! We've gone to that. Their defensive tackle. Well, I mean, he's their defense. Star Lutalele. Who? Star Lutalele. Like, is me telling you names of players going to mean anything to you? They had, two, they had two guys out, right? Tremaine Edmonds, their middle linebacker. Was so funny. The two most important guys to stop in the run, aren't they? But why didn't you love the Bills? Well, they we didn't find out until Saturday that they but were you players. Knew they were hurt. Well, I knew Star Lutalele was on COVID list, and is he that was a real name. That's a real name. Yeah. How, could he make that up? <laughs> It sounds like he's going blah, 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 blah. Star Lutalele. Okay, maybe. Go ahead. But it was a late announcement. He was a, a maybe on COVID. Like, if he was going to be cleared, he wasn't oh, so cleared. it wasn't like he was banged up. No. He, he's a co- And then Tremaine Edmonds missed the week before. They thought he was going to play. Then they announced him and, out and as well. I think that's why the money came in on the Colts last minute on Sunday morning. Yeah, this isn't me trying to but make listen, an excuse listen, for the Bills listen, got their listen, ass listen. kicked. You don't lose a forty to three because your defensive tackles out. Yes. No. So you know that's. I'm call- saying that makes it a lot easier to run the football, and that that's what they had, that's why they had so much more success against the Bills than anybody else has had against the Bills running the football. But still, getting back to the point, if anything, his points making it where how's the Col- if the Colts didn't just somehow shockingly run against the Bills, there's a good reason then isn't it more difficult for them to run against Tampa? Yes, the Colts are going to have to be effective with their short passing game. That's for them to So the what ball. you're saying is they're going to have to count on Carson Wentz. Yes. And that's what I don't like about the bet. <laughs> so you can never bet on the <laughs> <laughs> Not when you can't run the ball. Uh, I, I've got confirmation. Uh, most of the time it is a – a half day on Thursdays. Well, it sounds like something I said. Yeah. So they, but they were definitely, definitely had to be. I got to take a few bows here after my stupid move. (laughs) You know something? Many of you have furniture in your house that you're looking to get rid of. I don't usually make mistakes. I'm a little frustrated, but relax. (laughs) But I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So it looks good. I'm stronger than you thought. Didn't yeah. I? I hired someone beforehand. It was a, tr- it was like they say on wrestling, it was a trick or a gimmick. It was a gimmick table. You done with your handicap? I'm done. Okay. AJ, I'm going to seed my second spot to you because I was dumb earlier. Okay. Uh, I'm supposed to say you weren't dumb, are you? you just made a no, human you just made a human mistake. But you didn't say it. Go ahead. It happens. It happens right, to everybody. Uh, I'm going to go with the Falcons minus one at Jacksonville. And Whoa. I think the Falcons are just better than their record suggests. I still think Matt Ryan has some gas in the tank. And What proof do you have of any of this? I don't think Matt Ryan's been awful this year. So what numbers do you – I mean, like, like an opinion is the starting Matt point. Ryan's QBR is 16. He's right in the middle. I thought NFL. it was 16. <laughs> Come on. And Matt Ryan's been doing it with without well, his best weapon for most of the year. Except he hasn't been doing it. That's my point. They had it. I mean, I I look my, at the flow here. I too am on Atlanta. Atlanta. Who? I'm on the Falcons. Is it double like? Yes. What's your weight on this? Just a one. 
Okay. Well, it's your low one. Yes. Yeah. All right. So my point is this, and you can tell me if the numbers back it up. There was a surge for the Falcons. There was a time it felt like they were going to be playoff. And then Ridley with the, you know, absence. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see like a Belichick in, okay, we're going to take the tight end slash wide receiver, Pitts, and say, no, no, not today. And I get fading a team off uh, humiliating. Well, I guess the back to back, back to back, back humiliating losses in yeah. Dallas. What was 43, three and 25, nothing. Okay. So the Pats were th- the Thursday game. Yes. Okay. And that was after they got beat by Dallas when Dallas just had been beat by Denver. Yes. And we had somehow you, that was another one of your picks. I think, no, I think I did. Cause the line was at the time, the line was nine and a half in the contest and it was like eight, eight. And mm-hmm. the, and I know the whole teaser protection. Yeah, that now. wasn't mine. I know that was. Well, you, you know, I just want to blame people at this point because I'm so <laughs> mad about my mistake. But um, that was one. That was the two and the thirteen. Uh, my thirteen mind, and two. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess my question is, since Ridley's gone, where, where's the optimism? Well, Cordero Patterson comes back this week. He's their Swiss Army knife. He's their running back. He's their wide receiver. He's been a key guy. like your PR agent, like Swiss Army. Like, what does that tell us? I mean, he does everything for them. He's he's really been a huge surprise. And with um, Ridley out and Julio Jones obviously gone, he is critical. And he was why the Atlanta offense was capable earlier in the year. Because And how many games has he missed? One. Yeah. So the Dallas game, he was there. Yeah, he was. How the Swiss well, that's Army, the game he got hurt. How the Swiss Army knife do? Uh, in the Dallas, it's I can a pull it up. Doll. <laughs> well, I know he didn't help his team very. No, much. he did not help his team very much. So that's what I'm saying. Do you? This is. I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I'm saying that if we just dismiss things, he, he, he had, he had four carries before he got hurt in that game. Okay. Twenty-five yards. But at what point of the game did he get hurt? Brad, look that up. Or you guys decide how to split this up. Um, but I want to know at what point of the game Patterson got hurt. Because remember, they were in it early. It was 7-3 at the end of the first quarter, much to the chagrin of our plus three and a half first quarter bet. Yeah, they, they were in it they for played one, They played one good quarter where they almost covered the first quarter <laughs> before getting outscored 37 nothing. But or my whatever point is, if we look at the post-Ridley time, how can that be good? I mean, like, show me the angle that we can say that's they're playing pretty good. We can't. Okay, so how big is losing your who's your who's their best receiver now? If Pitts isn't a receiver, because he's lining up like Pitts a receiver. and Cordell Patterson. So there's a running back and a he's tight. He's like C Mac. He's like the same thing. Yeah. And then Russell Gage. He's not a wide receiver. Yeah. Who's taking the top out? Russell Gage. Yeah. Yeah. Possession. He? He's a possession receiver. Uh, EPA per play, Matt Ryan ranks 21st. Since week eight, 25th. So little gas left in the tank is 25 out of 32. Is that gas left in the tank with all the rookies except Mac Jones? Who else is behind him except rookies? I'll check that in a sec, but uh, Patterson went out in the first quarter against the Cowboys. All right, so then we can say he was out for both games effectively, and they did play better when he was there. Is that so? You admit if somehow Patterson was only out one, I mean, you're hanging your hat on he's the difference maker. I think he's huge for them, yeah. Because otherwise, they're a one, they're a one man offense. I know. Now there are two man offense, which do we know he's 100%? No. 
Continue. I mean, I'm well, just, he, you know, the one one thing is that there was talk that he might be able. Yeah, to play I, last I remember week. that, so that does make me a little odd. But you know, Russell Wilson played both games. <laughs> yes, and then the Jags have a guy similar to that who lines up at running back, wide receiver Jamal Agnew, who's now out on on the IR, done for the season. So, was Agnew even going to start entering the year? I don't know, but he's played every game for him. Well, I know, but the question is, replacement level can get easily replaced. How good was he? But he's like I said, he's a guy who's who's lined up all of. So obviously, he's a Swiss Army knife. He's a three to four catch guy, I think. Yeah. So I'm just saying, is it's like. I'm not saying you're even wrong. I just got to hear some dad. I got to hear the numbers or or some quote or something. That's well, I, you, you bring up f- very fair points about Atlanta not being very good. But, I mean, Jacksonville is like the drag of the NFL. I mean, are we making – I mean, No, you make a good point. Atlanta's three points better than Jacksonville. I don't think anyone would debate that. So right? let's look at Atlanta. I'm going to try to figure out how McKenzie did this. Atlanta at Jacksonville. Okay. Now, the line was pick them and the look ahead, so I have no idea who's favored. Because that was supposedly it. Then it went to plus one. Okay, then it went to minus one, minus one, minus one, minus one. So Atlanta's minus one at Jacksonville. Am I correct on that? Yes. Okay. So now home field is two maybe because Jacksonville doesn't have a good home field. Maybe one. Let's call it one and a half. Sure. Okay. And if you're one, you're only a half. You're really effectively a tick, right? One tick. So it's like two. Okay. So... Huh. So this is pretty much saying Jacksonville is only two points worse than Atlanta. Yes, and okay. I, I don't think that's realistic. Like, if the season started today, Atlanta's probably going to win six and a half games and Jacksonville's going to win four and a half, right? Something like, something like that. With Ridley out? I don't know. Six well, and a half. What was, what was, Jackson, what was Atlanta's um, win total with Ridley not out starting the year? I think they were seven and a half. I might be wrong. Normally, well, the number. But a just, Swiss Army knife can be worth more in a game, isn't we it? We didn't even. The Swiss Army knife wasn't supposed to be any good. Well, this, this is what, like his eighth year or something. But yeah, this was, but I've heard the analytics guys really make the case that he's really playing. I mean, in fact, PFF just flashed ninety point three grade, which is high. So no, it's, it was a surprise, but he has been a fact. Bears coach didn't know what to do with him. Fire him. Wow, doesn't know what to do with his own players. <laughs> nah, I don't know. You know something? I messed up here. I knew what the line was, but I did what the Fez is. I just was thinking directionally, but you might be right. I mean, what I'm saying is this line, if, if Pat, what would the line be if Patterson's out? I mean, what would your line be? Would this line be right? Yeah, because I think Patterson's I think that's right. a little more and than Patterson is the essence of the value. Yes, well said. All right. All right, I'm going to back off and say you convinced me. Well, and and the Falcons have feasted against bad teams. The, the, the wins over Giants, Jets, Dolphins. I think the Jags fall Is into Miami that category. Miami a bad team? Yes. They, be, they beat the Patriots, and now they're on a three-game winning streak. I mean, what I'm saying is they're not, like, well, you know, they were three and a half at the Jets, right? Yeah, Miami's like Atlanta. They're they're it depends how you define bad. I, I will say the they're last well below average in the in this three game stretch they've started going down the field a lot more. They've opened up Tua as you would call it, taking the training wheels off of him, and they're having some more success hitting big plays which they weren't early in the season. All right, I, I I'm not going to argue it. I Jack, well, let me ask a question. Not actually arguing. Jacksonville's D kind of at times has looked better. 
Trevor Lawrence hasn't looked good at all. Their offense is getting worse. He will not run the ball. You mean him as a quarterback runner? Yeah. Well, he's, uh, you know, business decision. I mean, would you run when the best that's going to happen is you're going to win four games instead of three? No. But it was amazing. I was willing to risk his whole career when he was playing your Buckeyes and take it and, and run. What do you mean risk his career? He was running like crazy as a college a quarterback at because all he never games. he hadn't won a big game in like a thousand days he was trying to win a big game all the linebackers weren't faster than him then either mm-hmm. yeah, I mean yeah all right so you I mean I guess my question is if you redrafted right now the quarterbacks we'll start with you Fez and then we're gonna end with McKenzie <laughs> no I'll take okay I'm up next with my best bet it should be the last one for the weekend we do here and then we'll do the three Thursday games. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers at Pickham. At Pickham. Hosting the Rams. How is that line Pickham? It's a good question. I'm you know not sure. That? I've got the two teams rated equally. I think it's a good spot for the Rams off, back, off back-to-back losses and then a and bye. The bye. Yeah. So the feeling is So back-to-back losses means you're good. I- I wonder if yes, you're I, in a good spot. Let me ask you a question. Once you have the buy, isn't that enough? I mean, what I'm saying is, did the back-to-back losses help? Yeah, I think so. Because remember, or do they maybe make you question yourself? No, I think it. I think it really helps because remember, like when Dallas was rolling and then they had their buy and then they lost thirty to nothing. Mm-hmm. They trailed thirty to nothing to Denver. I think it's a natural reaction. Go to Cabo and party when you're on a roll, and then you get your buy. But if you get your butt kicked right before your buy, I think that that does help um, motivate the team to get their focus coming out of the buy. I think you got a point. I think the Rams are different, and they are all in. The Rams are all in. I don't think, but okay. I can tell you this: the second loss didn't help. That you know, you don't need that one, do you? No. I, I think that maybe the what could be making this number what it is is questions about Aaron Rodgers' health because he's talking about it publicly, talking about the toe. But I don't know who said it between you two before the show. But it's like if you really have a problem, you're probably not talking. Exactly. About it. Looked pretty good against the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know you have a good – you know you got a good pick when everyone's trying to say, I don't know how it could be this number. Doesn't make, doesn't make right? a lot of sense. So, I mean, I think it's the the Rams have got a lot of big names, right? Everyone knows Vaughn Miller. Everyone knows OBJ. People understand a buy. And buys are better typically off uh, on the road. road. Green Bay, I think, has the best home field in the NFL right now. I agree. I mean, because the Seattle's dissipating uh, with the crowd not. Yeah. Yep. And, I mean, you see the way they're slipping and sliding on that field? I mean, I'm mean, i glad you brought that up because, you know what? It's almost wintertime. It's Thanksgiving. And remember how we always talked about, like, the Rams sucking when they went to cold weather? And but we part of that with, was Jared Goff's blamed it all hands. on Goff. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, they go to Chicago and they score seven points and the like. Being a Southern California team, that can't be good to have to go to Green Bay in in the cold weather. I mean, especially with that. Quirky. What's the forecast, boys? To me, if Aaron, can we agree with the following? If Aaron Rodgers is not uh, hobbled significantly, however you want to say that it's a big deal or even a moderate deal. If it's a moderate deal, this is probably right. If it's not at least a moderate deal... Can anyone make the case for this line? No. The, no. the Packers have other injuries, but not nothing that could make it. Other where injuries the, that's happened? No. I mean, if I mean they're, they're without they're, their running back. They're getting, and, but they're getting healthier, it feels like. They're still on a third-string left tackle. 
Yeah, but I'm saying relative to two weeks ago, three yeah. weeks ago, they're trending up, right? Well, everything except running back because the running back happened two weeks ago. So that's. A- but A.J. Dillon's proven himself to be a very capable starting running back. Now, Rodgers is saying it's more painful than turf toe. Now, turf toe is what Mahomes literally had, like, I think he had multiple surgeries, and it was mm. still kind of... Le- so the idea that that somehow this is worse, I think that tells us what's going on here. He's trying to, like, make him himself heroic. Yes. I, it'd be heroic if he cut his hair. <laughs> or shaved. Or something. I, you know what's funny? If you didn't know it was Aaron Rodgers... Would you like? Would you like let him get on the elevator with you? You know, I went to the, I went to the pass. <laughs> Next down, one, please. <laughs> in downtown, um, Old Henderson. You're telling another story. Yeah, to pick up money, I walked past like there's like. Some... Why did you have to say pick up money to brag? <laughs> <laughs> to help pay everybody for winning bet. Uh, and there's a homeless group, and like I thought, one of them looked just like Aaron Rodgers, as I walked by past them. Boy, that was a long walk to that <laughs> <Yes>. one. <wasn't> it? <laughs> You know, it's okay to give up halfway. To just say, nah, I'm not going to This story's on. not worth it. Yep. 32 degrees is the projection. That matters. Wind chill, or the wind, 18 miles an hour, feels like 20 degrees is what someone said. If the Rams aren't the kind of team that I Late would. Late game. Late game. The Rams right. aren't the kind of team that I'd is it want Sunday to. Sunday night? No. Or the the no. 4.30. It's the 4.30. Yeah, the Rams aren't the kind of team I want to play in bad weather, cold weather. That doesn't. You don't want to bet on. I don't the want to Rams. bet on the Rams. It's funny. I was, so why well, isn't this your best bet? Why am I the only one that saw it? I don't know. So I think the Rams it's a good pick. have been bad since they lost Woods because everyone knows Cooper yeah. Cup is better than Woods, but Woods is a great downfield blocker and like these and Rams. Well, but it's you listen. You can stop one. There's only about three or four receivers that you can't stop, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you double up, they're going to have trouble. But it frees everyone else. If, if OBJ doesn't play, now listen, there is a narrative that OBJ has time to learn the playbook. Mm-hmm. That Von Miller has time. So I think these guys ramp up to some degree. But would you want OBJ or Woods? Oh, Woods right now. Maybe, so so I mean, net net is a downgrade. Yep. Yes. Even if OBJ was 100% ramped up, which you know he isn't. I don't think he is, right? Mm-hmm. Because it takes more than two weeks. And sure. it, like him on the bye week, it's not like the whole team is hanging around and OBJ is just getting better. Plus there's Thanksgiving. I mean, they don't even <laughs> consider, great consider coming in. OBJ has been brining a turkey. He's not, he doesn't have time I mean, to practice. They say come in at eight and be done by 12. It's like, what are you crazy? It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. So if I had asked you, you, you do the ORJ two point move here, you know, in each direction, yeah, yeah. it's like, if, if you had said, okay, green base laying three, I think we'd say, you know what? That looks a little bit too high. We might lean. Yeah, with the turf toe. If he was healthy. Yeah. Two comparable teams and, and the if, weather conditions. Yeah, three looks about right. I think we certainly say two and a half looks right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was going to say, I think if I was getting three with the Rams, I would like big the Rams. Field, but like the Rams? I, if they were getting a full three, the I think fact, so. The fact you were on the border, that shows how good this pick is. Yes. Yeah. Right? I'm a board. I like this. And uh, let me add one last thing. We don't even need to predict to some degree. The look-ahead line on this close, it opened at minus one and a half for Green Bay. It closed minus one and a half. Okay? It, the world opened here was two. So offshore Sunday, two. So it went to one and a half on Monday, one on uh, one Monday afternoon, so early Monday, and then it went down to pick them between Monday and Tuesday. So Green Bay is being downgraded for playing what? against the Vikings where – by all accounts, 
the Vikings were, I think we can use the term, fortunate to get out of there with the win. Well, we were talking about Aaron Schott said based upon their DVOA numbers. Now, this might be high to my eyes or my stat reading, but let's say he's he's not going to be that wrong. He said that based upon the numbers, looking back in retrospect, if he just saw the numbers, DVOA and all that, how it went, he'd say there was a 94% chance. And this is a tweet he put out. 94% chance that Green Bay would have won the game. So let's just say they were one of the most unlucky teams of the week. He's saying of the year and beyond, you know, but we don't even have to go that far. But they're getting downgraded this much? And what have we seen from the Rams? Let's be candid. If we want to wait recent performance, how's Stafford doing? Not great lately. Terrible. Two back-to-back. Not, not just that. I can't believe he's still number one in QBR because he's, he's had two absolute atrocious games. He single-handedly lost the game against the Titans. He got like 200 yards because of his bonehead mistakes, and he was bad in his other game too. Did I read my free pick being so good that no one can even put, or my best bet being so good no one can put up a fight even? Does that redeem myself for You're good. a mistake? Only if it wins. 